He listened to a random one, like, and he's not. Well, we don't to have to talk about him okay. in, in particular. We'll just we'll just kind of circle around it, like the drain that we circle as okay. a, as a podcast. But I'll mention something else about that. That okay. yeah, we won't specifically mention people, but okay, we'll mention things. no specific names. Okay, let's start this. Let's burn some bridges. Let's burn some bridges. <laughs> let's start the show. everyone what's the happy haps how's it going guys isn't that what they say for youtube things anyway this is sneaky dragon my name is david dedrick uh i'm i'm ian i oh yeah you watch the youtube videos yeah any you know what here's my thing anytime i watch it what's video, up guys that's what they say what's up guys yeah okay and then i turn i turn it off is there- anyone goes like what's up guys or how's it going guys or uh hey guys yeah. or anything like that mm-hmm. done it's not going to be good oh, there's no right? reason i should be watching this mm. get to it get to it right away there is a, a, a give me um, your mission statement there's a tech reviewer that I enjoy who always says, what's up, guys? But I've been watching him before it was a thing that was annoying. So okay. I think I think maybe he even maybe he recognizes that it's a cliche. You remember now. when you got the rules of making an essay and it was like your first thing should be like your whatever, your mission statement. Your or, mission, you know, <laughs> and, and you always almost say the same yes. thing at the end. It's just like uh, coal is an important fuel that many people use every day. Yeah. Here are three reasons why. Uh, <laughs> because it's uh, accessible. and But there's consequences. But that uh to sum up, coal is an important fuel that we should use every day. Yeah. Uh, I like it when they start with whatever their mission statement is. And these, if an essay started with, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> what's up, Hey, guys? you heard of coal? Anyway, <laughs> coal is, shut up. No, not, not on board. Here, here's a secret for you and for listeners out there. That if you learned, if you learned the three point, is that, what it, is that what it's called here? What's it called? The three point, the essay thingy. The five point, the three point. You don't know what it's called? You teach it every year. There's yes, no one in the room but Dave and me. <laughs> this is the creepy thing. <laughs> the, okay, so anyway. He occasionally talks the, to a ghost called Honey. When you learn that format mm-hmm. of the introduction, yeah. paragraph, 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 yeah. conclusion, essay. Sure. If you take that from high school and take it to college or university, yeah. you will get terrible marks. Oh, all right. You have to break that mold once you get to university. How do you have to fake it? What do you do? Uh, what do you do when you get to university? Yeah, what do you fa- how do you fake it? What do you do? What you do you change? You don't have to fake it. feels you like just... you do have to fake it. You're mm-hmm. going to do the same thing, but you're going to mix it up enough that they won't get that you're using that format. No, no, but... you just throw that format out the window. Oh. Like, I don't... Yeah, when I got why to... Did they, uh, why did they... Was it just to make it easier for teachers to grade? I think it's easier for... Yeah, I think it's easier for... for and it's... It, it basically, what it does is it gives us a set way of formulating an argument okay you know so you have your your statement your your introduction your introduce your your arguments Mm -hmm. then you make your three points and then you write your conclusion to it okay but when i got to university i realized that that it's so boring and if everyone did that i could see why people would want to just crawl out the window to their death so what i did what i used to do is like i just kind of i didn't really introduce anything about what i was going to say in the introduction Mm -hmm. then i would have my my brilliant ideas laid out in, in the essay. And then when I got to the conclusion, I would never restate anything that I had said before. I would usually introduce a whole new question that I would leave unanswered. Ah, okay. And that's how, that's how I would write essays. Uh, and I regularly got A's on those essays. But my very first essay that I wrote for um, in college, um, I handed it in. Feeling pretty proud of it. Yeah. And because when I went to... High, high five the teacher in the high way High five out. the teacher in the way out. Because when I went to high school... You know, English class was a very easy class for me, and I just regularly aced it without much effort. And I really like that. 
unlike every other class that I just failed because I put the same amount of effort into it. It turned out you couldn't. It wasn't quite as easy as, as English or socials. And so, uh, but so I handed in my essay and then we had to go to his office to collect it. So, you know, I came when it was, he was handing them out and I got it and he's like, is this your first uh, college essay? And I said, yes, it is. He said, good job. I was like, oh, thanks. I walked out the door, looked at it, C minus, and my stomach just went to the floor it just like sank Aww. and i was so depressed to get just a c minus on an essay i wrote but i slavishly followed that what i'd learned in high school yeah you know, i'd wrote that exact thing for I'm him i'm sure the the teacher had seen that over and over mm-hmm, again mm-hmm. had and to just, get it out of you and i realized i realized that I, I i needed to not follow that although to be honest that for that class the next essay I was paralyzed with fear, and I didn't write the next essay for the class, mm. so I got zero on, on that essay. I wonder how much of. Uh, by the way, I want to. I want to. I still pass the class though because I ace all the tests. I want to loop back to uh, something about that and the, and the five point situation. But hey. uh, I wonder how much of going from high school to uh, college and/or university. Uh, your first couple of days in university, you learned the stuff you learned in high school, uh, or the the way you learned in high school. You've got to like check out the window. I know for sure that's the same with that's the same with theater. For Almost sure. always, you yeah. know, they're like, "No, what you? Nope, none of that. We're gonna do. We've yeah. got our own method, and here and here we go." And really, I only went to uh, college for for theater and and some theater history. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think that is the case for like art school or what have you. It's like mm-hmm. if you try to do art in the same way you did art in high school, yeah. uh, then Emily Carr is gonna laugh at you, mm-hmm. you know, and and give you a really hard time. It's all just like, <laughs> okay, what you learned was they're bullshit, bring... or the way you learned was bullshit. Yeah, they're gonna bring Emily Carr in herself just to laugh at you. Sure, <laughs> bringing her ghost for doing high school level art. No, I think that's true. I think you know all the things we're talking about are taught in a way that's easily understandable for the majority of people. And so you know you could you could introduce more advanced ideas into a theater or drama class in high school, but you know probably eighty percent of the people in that class would not understand mm-hmm. or be willing to go th- that way. You know, so you have to kind of p- give us the pablum, whether it's art. Or drama or whatever, you know, you just can't, you can't kill us. You just make an easy assignment. I want you to draw a, an object and I want you to do it in a pointless style. Yeah. And here's some sticks that you can dip in this ink and then you make dots with them and and have at it. Well, let me tell let me tell you where when you're talking about the five point essay style. And do you guys know what we're talking about? If not, look it up. Uh, <laughs> but basically, you know, as we said before, there's a there's a statement that you bring up that you will conclude at the end. You know, you shouldn't just plain repeat it. You should conclude it. Like if there's a question you bring up or something yep. you bring up, uh, you you sum it up at the end or you yep. reveal something that you've set up. And, and you then write, it, you write in conclusion. That's right. And in uh, in the middle, there's three, uh, you know, uh, s- uh, s- almost smaller stories that you've mm-hmm. done there. Now here's where where you can use that if you're involved in the arts or whatnot. Uh, that's not a bad r- way to write a stand-up set. It's okay. Start off with a start off with a premise Kay. of just like. Oh man, the government's crazy. And uh, then you do your uh, your first kind of joke on, on that. Then you have three separate uh is are we recording? Oh, yeah, by we're the way? Fine, oh, we're good. Fine, okay, then you have three separate uh things that are lightly on 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 the topic. Don't have to be completely about the topic. Mm-hmm. Can be about like you went on a trip to Ottawa or whatever, yeah. or, you know, something. But you do all three things, but then make sure at the end 
that you answer something or, or complete something that you started off with, mm-hmm. where they're like, you know, even if it was something as small as, you know, I was riding on the bus, this guy sat down next to me and he said, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end, you know, go, and so anyway, I got off the bus and I ended up a da, da, da. And, and people go, oh my gosh, he, what a perfect story. <laughs> it started, it ended, it had yeah. a thing, there yeah. was a cohesion to it. People still do that because I was, sorry to interrupt you, but I was, there was, I watched a Dave Chappelle Netflix special. Okay. A while ago. One of many. One of many. I only watched one of them. Yeah. One is enough. And, uh, but it was interesting because he did the same thing. He introduced this idea that was kind of shocking. Like That's how you do politically it. Politically yeah. incorrect and shocking. And you're just yeah. kind of like, whoa, he's going here, is he? That's a Louis C.K. thing he also okay. does. Yeah. And so, and then he paid it off at the very end of the, at the very end of the, the set. He yeah. pays it off and you're like, oh, clever. I guess, you know, that's a clever twist on that. That's a good idea. Yeah. And everyone goes, that's, whoa, the mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And also you can use it for, if you're ever doing, uh, like a short monologue or speech, okay. you know, uh, start off with something and end with answering the question that you have set up there that seems almost to be an unanswered question. Okay, that's a, that's a trick that standups <clears throat> do sometimes is they'll start a they'll start a story. Norm Macdonald does this mm-hmm. a bit where he'll start a story. So I'm talking to this guy and he's a beekeeper and he's doing this kind of thing <laughs> and he's doing the beekeeper. And he's wearing the uh, the whole suit. Speaking of those suits, uh, why do women wear those in those other countries? And goes off on this thing. And then but then when he comes back to so anyway the guy in the beekeeper suit and you're like oh what, what a trick that he good... brought it back to the story he started with mm-hmm. but it's good for like a, a best man speech it's sure. good for if you're doing like a this american life type monologue ripoff mm-hmm. show sure. like the kind that i occasionally get asked to do uh <laughs> yeah that's uh, just a uh, top and top and tail it yeah. uh do three yeah. relatable uh related things in the middle and you'll look like ooh, this person put a little effort into this there's some yeah. structure well there's nothing more pleasing to me when we're doing this show than when we're able to call back to something at the beginning of the show and have it pay off at the end okay let's make a and note it, of what we're and talking it feels about now. like it feels like we've we it plan we planned it when we when we patently didn't but mm-hmm. uh, it never feels better than when we do that because it does feel i have that feeling of oh is this show scripted like or did they plan this out because this seems too too neat but no we don't plan anything it's just worked out that way yeah one of us remembered something we were talking about near the beginning of the show no it's a free form ramble fest is uh, is, <laughs> is, is is what it is uh, uh dave and i uh, we saw each other recently we went to a party at our friend's house we, uh, i think uh, we Alice... studiously ignored ignored each other during the uh... oh we we did a little bit of hey yeah. how you doing yeah. but you know we see each other a lot we so a lot. <laughs> we're like we don't want to waste podcast material talking at a party <laughs> No, I'm always delighted to talk to you. Uh, but I'll, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you, let's do what it was about first. Let's do sure. our mission statement. Let's do statement. three related Oh my gosh, things, see how he's tied we'll that see in? See if we can do it. Oh, so uh, the show's written. We went to a birthday party for our friend uh, Allison. Yes. And about this time last year, we were very, very concerned for her because it, 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 she was in a coma. Yep. Uh, we were told she wasn't going to make it. We were told a couple of days later that there was very faint hope. Uh, that very faint hope grew and grew and grew little by little by little to the point where uh, she seems quite well now. And it's mm-hmm. just such an incredible blessing and, and wonderful. And it made it very touching to go to to, to her birthday party yes. uh, this year. So we were there for that. and uh, um, But she had a lot of her friends were there. So it wasn't like a party mm-hmm. that we normally go to where we know everybody. Yeah, it's a sort of us and some other close friends. And a lot of other people. No, I just meant. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like well, normally when we go there, it's it's just like maybe eight of us. Yes. Wake up and we all know each other. Yeah, it's. We've kind all of, known each other for quite a it's while. It's kind of a controlled environment <laughs> yes. where, like, okay, I know everyone here can talk. 
let's all just sit and mm. you know you'll say something you'll say something we'll bat back and forth we can get a little dark we can get a little light we can do what we yeah. you know everyone gets it we're all on the same kind of tone mm-hmm. uh but we're definitely our own people so it's just fun it's a fun it's a fun time yeah when there was like so many people it's very noisy too. oh my god i was so nervous i was a were wreck you? yeah really? you were uh-huh. saying like before the thing it was like oh it looked like you were having a good time i was not uh i was like so <laughs> glad to leave um oh, it was great to see her and but yeah. after i'd like touch base with her and and uh, and her husband david mm-hmm. uh and then said hi to you and i was like yeah. hey, how's it going yeah. uh and i was like okay today and i my friend louise it's like oh no now i've got to talk to all these other people it was so hard <laughs> you're under you know was, under no obligation oh to talk it was to other so hard but you can't not because you're there and you're yeah. like at the at the table where you need to get a drink of water sure. and they're like hey how you doing so how do you know oh well i know for that oh, and what do you do for a living i oh, no, i don't want to talk about it oh, but i can do it i can shift into that mode it's just so it was just so hard you know to, to do mm-hmm. you know i never know the the level that the conversation should be how deep it should go yeah and i'm just like do you want to just keep okay we can keep things really really light and i don't know you're gonna say something terrible and you know <laughs> we had that a couple of times where someone would say something that was just like you know ah, that's that's clearly racist or that happened yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was like that's clearly racist that was me though so it was, was o- it? It was okay. Sure. All right. Like, that's oh, fine. Just Dave. No, it's actually kind of fun because there was another f- <laughs> fellow there mm. who uh, I've been a fan of for a very, very long time. Me too. And uh, that's uh, we. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, we we can not. It's okay to say his name, right? Mar. It's Marv Newland. Marv Newland. Newland. Yeah. yeah of yeah. course, that's what his name is. <laughs> I can't. You know what? I, I I was getting confused with. All of a sudden, I had the picture of Lou Zealand, the Muppet <laughs> from the Muppet Show, who has a boomerang fish act, <laughs> that's right. and that just went in my head, and it just pushed him completely out. <laughs> But big fan, New Zealand. He's he's well known for like Bambi meets Godzilla and mm-hmm, what have you. Mm-hmm. But both of you, uh, without knowing it, made a thing about how you're the uh, non PC person at the at the. Oh yeah, and 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 you know you're the one who's going to make the trouble. That I'm, it's you not gotta, that I'm non PC. It's just I I I I lack a joke filter. Sure. Uh, but yeah. both of you made almost exactly the same comment yeah. about like you know I gotta watch what I'm gonna say here, <laughs> and then he said yeah, I gotta watch what I gotta say here, and I was like oh fuck you guys gotta meet each other. So and did you ever play poker with him? Yeah, we played, once. we played once. We played once. Okay, so, so you do. And as is so typical of people, when people meet me, is I'm so memorable. He did not remember me at all from the meeting before. I Fair. don't think because I, but I understand that because when I meet people with you, let's say, uh-huh. or or Louise. And they're like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I write for television. Oh, what do you do? I'm, I write for comics. What do you do, Dave? I work for a garage door company. It sounds like that's they'll more never, interesting. They'll never remember that. I wish I should just continue to pretend I'm a fairy. Because I would because assume like a person like Marv would, would meet so many. Uh, I'm a writer for television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? Well, I direct. Uh, f- mm-hmm. What do you do? I make garage doors. Oh, what, what's <laughs> that about? That sounds insane. interesting. Maybe that. That actually sounds legitimately interesting. Maybe that's maybe I. I probably don't even say that. I probably just like pussyfoot around. You know, and and just give some sort of a vague general answer that doesn't spe- specifically say what I do. What do you do? Stuff. Stuff. None you, none you. None what? None your business. <laughs> knock knock. But uh, no, it was nice because uh, you know both of you said that, and then uh, I was like in between the two of you, and <laughs> somehow made it so that like you guys would be talking, and then you guys got talking, and then you guys got talking, talking, and then every so often I check in and I'd see both of you guys talking, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't want to step in to this and like then draw it over to me because mm. you guys seem to always be having a good time and like laughing with each other. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Let this play. Yeah, it was good because yeah, he quoted. Um... He quoted uh, Rocket 80. I was mentioning the top, because Louise was talking about the top five car, uh, songs. 
and the top five car songs. And then I mentioned that. Uh, and then he quoted uh, Rocket 88, the Jackie Brenston song. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, Jackie Brenston, possibly the first rock and roll song, Rocket 88. And uh, I could have gone on, you know, cause had <laughs> Ike Turner on it. It was a Sun Records produced by Sam Phillips, you know, or, you know, before Elvis, blah, blah, blah. And uh, but yeah, I was super impressed that I knew that song. <laughs> And so that kind of took us down a road, and then we were talking about music, and then started talking about the Beatles, and and I just talking a little bit about the podcast, and and then I was kind of giving illustrations of you know interesting Beatles facts and things, and of course I got really in- into talking about the Beatles, so mm-hmm. that was like two hours were gone. I was still talking about the Beatles, but yeah, no, it was I, I know the feeling. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> so time flies. What can I say? And then uh, it was fun, but you know, and then and then we. We kind of broke up when when dinner was served. He went. I think he wanted to sit down. Sure. And so he he kind of he wandered away, and so then I was sitting over near you guys, and we were and we were sitting, and then he kind of came into the room and he, like he was looking for me, <laughs> and he came made a beeline over and he's like, "Just want to ask you what kind of music you'd recommend. You know, who should I listen to now?" So I gave him some recommendations. I thought, well, these are interesting things that I've just you know heard recently. You might might enjoy. And then he was ta- telling me about like this kind of crazy avant jazz that he likes, and I was like, "Oh, I don't really know too much about stuff like that because, you know, I'm pretty mainstream in my jazz tastes." You know, I said, "You know, the craziest I like is like, you know, um, Ornette Coleman or uh, Albert Eiler or whatever." And he's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll, Albert Ireland." So we talking about that, and then we we're talking <laughs> about, you know, but I can still hold my own in a conversation because sure. I just, you know. I know lots of things or I remember lots of things so I can sound like I know what I'm talking about and fake it really well, you mm-hmm. know? So he's like talking about... It seemed like you were having like some good laughs too. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I was listening to this, you know, uh, Jesus, I can't remember the name of the song now, Jesus Wept, da, da, da. it's a song. He's like, I can't remember who did it. I said, oh, that's Gavin Bryars. And he goes, oh, that's right, Gavin Bryars. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like, I don't really know too much about Gavin Bryars, but I know that he wrote that song, so I just sound like a smart guy. <laughs> Because one time I was listening to CBC and the RSVP show on CBC, which was a request, the request show in the afternoon. And they used to do fake requests because it was so many requests to be all for the same music, right? Uh, they would just throw in like the odd, you know, like, I want to hear the most avant music that could possibly be played in the middle of the afternoon. Oh, let's pick uh, Gavin Breyer. So they played this song and it was a really good song. Um, I could look it up. I think I have it on my phone. Maybe I don't. But, um, and... Uh, he, uh, yeah, and so it's this long kind of, more like a soundscape, like he takes, uh, it's a bum singing in, in, a, in a tube station that he recorded. Okay. And then he just keeps playing it, and so he's taking this uh, this bum, like a yeah. street person, I guess we could call him now. In but those, back then, in those days, he was a bum. He was a bum. <laughs> and so, uh, and, uh, and he was proud of it. He's a proud bum. Not just a, he wasn't ashamed to be called a bum. And so he, this guy is singing this, he's kind of drunk and he's singing this song, this old kind of hymn. And so Gavin Breyers recorded it, and then he took it, this little snippet of singing, and then he stretches it into this 79-minute-long epic uh, soundscape with music and stuff in the song, kind of him singing, repeating, and kind of coming in and out of it and stuff like that. And not, not Gavin, but the, the street person singing. And uh, it's really beautiful. It's a really great piece. Um, so, yeah, so we were talking about that. Just, you know, it was really, it was a good, it was a fun, wide-ranging conversation. So it was really good. My uh, first time I ever met uh, Marv Newland, I was 18 years old. I was doing a play for Expo, and we're rehearsing it. Okay. And uh, is this Bubble Memories? It was Bubble Memory. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, don't get me started on Bubble. <laughs> Memory. 
<laughs> you got a whole five-point essay about that play. Here's a weird bit of trivia about Bubble Memory, the play that Green Thumb Theater tried to do twice and okay. both times failed terribly. Uh, the, the, the person who uh, was in the play before mm-hmm. me, yeah. not playing my part, playing another part, yeah. uh, but was Colin Mockery. He also hmm. he also did the play okay, okay. and had an incredible failure with it. Uh, I don't know if he had it as uh, spectacularly as me, but anyway, I, I, I have did, to start somewhere. I did a whole comic book about that. Um, but at one point, best, this is the play where you tried to slide on the stage and it was a rubber mat. Yes, and it went face first into the thing. Uh, this is the this is the play where the, uh, we 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 ended up with only one person in the audience who was a fellow with in a wheelchair who started shouting, "I want to leave." <laughs> um this was the this was a show Thank where people would walk on stage yeah. and ask for directions to the bathroom <laughs> in the middle of and that's when i was molested by the oh it's just over <laughs> to the left it's got the sign with the clown over there this is where we go uh and so on and so forth a little um, clown's room while we were rehearsing, because it was yep. a bit of a rough rehearsal because we had some problems. Uh, some people liked to drink and mm-hmm. wouldn't show up and things. <laughs> uh, the director, to raise my spirits, went, oh, you know who you might want to meet is oh. this fellow I know. Yeah. and Because uh, he did uh, he did music for Marv Newland's films. So uh, we took a walk uh, like a couple blocks away, and Marv Newland's studio was there. And, uh, and he rocket was ship. Rocket ship. Uh, international rocket ship animation. Mm-hmm. I think it was called that back then as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um and he introduced me to Marv, and Marv was like, eh, I'm doing all my... He was Marvin it around. Um, but Marv was working on commercials for MTV Okay. at the time. He was just... And it was all hand drawings. Mm-hmm. And they were mm-hmm. all working on them. It was just like kind of a small environment, but it just looked like the best place in the world. It just looked... Yeah. It was small and wooden, and everyone's hunched over things. Yeah. And they were all... And it was like, you're doing stuff for MTV, which was enormous, yeah. you know, back then. And I was like, do you want to see some of the films we've done? I was like, yeah. So I went off and I watched like about three or four of uh, his uh, shorts. Wow, and sure. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then back to the play I, play I went. <laughs> but yeah, that had a huge impact on me. It was nice. like, oh man, this is, this, is, this is something really, really fun. Yeah, so like Sing Be Sing, Hooray for Sandbox Land, Anna Jam, I think, Black Hula. Mm. Yeah, all, all really great stuff. Yeah, he was talking about a film that he's... And Bambi Meets Godzilla is what he's most famous for. Yes, I, that was a, uh, it was a fixture of the, the midnight animation festivals of, of the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. For sure, I saw it at least three or four times at different things. Because it was very short. It's like a minute and 40 seconds long. And this fits anywhere. Anywhere in your show, you can put it. Yeah. So it's really great. And the timing's perfect. And, it, and it's, it's something that if you watch now, it's not... It's nowhere near as shocking as it, or, or pleasing as it was to us as 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 kids, like teenagers, to see that, because we still grew up at a time when something like Monty Python seemed very out there mm-hmm. and very daring. And then you watch it now, you're like, everything does this. Like any show, any mainstream show on any channel does exactly this thing. But when we were kids, there was nothing like that anywhere. You had to seek out that kind of subversive, you know, destructive icon destroying sort of thing like you just it just wasn't anywhere it wasn't there was no family guy there was no south park there was mm-hmm. no simpsons there was no i don't know it's how we sunny in philadelphia there's nothing like that there's no 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 one was deconstructing or you know or bashing sacred cows all over the place up and down the stairs the way they do nowadays so you know like i was showing it to the girls because i was like oh this is who we're talking about and we I watched it with them and their reaction was like hmm and I was like, yeah, that's about what it would get now. Like, that's, that's what it gets. Because it's just, you know, it's made in 69. Yep. You know, and so it's like, you know. It's when black it, and white. It's black and white. 
it's very it's kind of crudely done because he just did it as a student. Yeah, you know, just using his own. Takes a long time to get there. It's a long time to get there. Really works in a theater better than on TV. I think so. I think it works, and I think you need. I think you need things in between it, and I think that's why it's good in the festival circuit yeah. because it's short, and it kind of stands out from like all the colorful mayhem on either side of it. It's very kind of quiet, and and you know, it just has that sort of shock element to it, but not that shocking now. Believe me. But it's you know, but it's interesting because how it how I reacted to it as a teenager to compare it how to my daughters reacted to it. You know, because they've seen it all. They've seen it all. They don't, it's nothing to them, you know. Dad, we've seen like a show make fun of all of Star Wars. Like there's, there's nothing to make fun of anymore, you know. Like, even which, Star Wars isn't sacred. Which is interesting. Like a, a new show came out uh, this week, which was... Nude the, show. Oh, sorry. A, a nude show? Is that what you thought I said? <laughs> even that would be nothing, right? That's <laughs> exactly nothing. Exactly right. You're right. When I was in when I was in Chicago, I was doing an improv festival next door. There yeah. was a musical. It was all nude musical. Uh. Yeah. That's and that's and it wasn't the only one. They had another one planned after. Yeah, that's standard. That's what you do nowadays. It's uh, interesting because yeah, like when hair came out and there was like the the nude element to it, like it's hard to imagine how shocking that must have been. Oh, Al, oh, Calcutta was one that you know, mm, would be right, like you right, know, a recurring can, punchline for jokes. It was like, oh my gosh, Kenneth Tynan. And if you, and you can actually watch that like mm-hmm. online, and uh, it's terrible. Mm. Oh my god! Very of its time. Very of its. Very of its time. Even it was even of its time. It was behind its time. Oh my! Oh my word! Watch <laughs> it yourself and see like uh, what y'all think. Uh, uh, it was like oh, was, I guess like <clears throat> you would go out for a night on the town and it would be like oh, mm. what a shocking, titillating yes. look at how avant-garde we are. Yeah. Uh, but you got to watch this fucking show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Not so not so not so hot. Um, so everything's uh, shocking for the most part. Yeah. Um, which is why I like a, a show like a Bob's Burgers, which does have some shocking elements to it, mm-hmm. but it's a very kind show. Like the the basis of it is really like a family loves each other, yeah, and that's yeah. always like you know their 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 throw to. My so, favorite character, yeah, Gene. Gene's pretty great. Gene's great. Um, I enjoy his enthusiasm. My favorite character, uh, Mr. Fish Odor. He's their I... landlord who just okay. shows up. And I don't think just, I've ever seen. Just, I... just this odd guy in an all white suit, and like, what's what's his deal? It's always interesting seeing what he's up to. I've only seen the show in in bits and pieces. I've never like watched like a whole season of it. Mm-hmm. Mary watches it every day. It seems like every time I walk in, I always get really sarcastic and like, oh, watching, oh, you're watching Bob's Burgers. Oh, this is this is new. I didn't. When did this come on? Is this a new show? I've never. <laughs> Never seen this like a, like I haven't seen it like the last month. But anyway, so I do watch bits and bits of it. Stuff, so it's, uh, it's enjoyable. Uh, new show that uh, okay, this new show came on uh, this week uh, was uh, the animated version of Corner Gas. Oh yes, and uh, uh, and I'm like I know a couple of people are involved in it. Okay, so I, I'm I'm watching it in I'm not I'm a prejudiced person watching it. You want it to succeed. I want it to succeed, and I got to say like. I watched the uh, I watched the opening uh, scene of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, because first of all, I'm worried about a couple of things. I'm worried about flash animation. That whenever I see flash animation, that's rough. Yeah, that's because that's a nude show. <laughs> there you go. See, it's all it's all nudity we're doing uh, <laughs> we're talking about. And I'm like, I don't know. That's a little. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, full animation, but you know, it's what you got to kind of do. It makes it look like a cheap commercial. Let's see what it is. But I watched the op- just the opening um, teaser. Yeah. Uh, you know, before before the credits, and uh, it was really really good. Like to the point where I went like, oh, this actually like strengthens some elements of the show because because it's animation and and a lot of the humor is so verbal. Yeah, it's so eh eh ba 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 ba. 
that you can tighten that in animation. Okay. And just have the reactions be as pure as they need to be. And, uh, and, uh, it, it really, it really worked. It was mm. cool. Oh, that's uh, good. I, I, th- I thought that was good. Yeah. Uh, most of the, most of the rest of the show worked too. They did some cutaway stuff that I thought, like, I don't know if you need that. Is that kind of like the Family Guy cutaway kind of element? A little bit, but they had... During the time I fought a chicken for four four minutes? It's more like they're discussing a thing like rock and roll heaven, and then you cut to rock and roll heaven and Mm. see a little... But they had a nice... They had a nice tag to it as well because it, it was not great impressions of the people in Rock and Roll Heaven. <laughs> and then they also had a ta- and and they had a sign that said also bad impressionists heaven. <laughs> it's like all right, that's a that's a that's a fair enough that's okay. a fair that's a fair enough joke. Okay. But I would compare it uh, most closely to Bob's Burgers, but without the uh, without the overt love for each other. Okay. Because you don't really have that on the show. No, we're Canadians. Yeah, it's we're, it, not, we're not overt. Yeah. We're covered. Uh, I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping the rest of it will be fine. Uh, but you know, so far, so far, so good. But that opening scene, which is like, yeah, okay, there we go. It's how I felt when I first saw King of the Hill, and and mm. I'm like, uh, let's see how this is going to go. This guy's doing Beavis and Butthead. Yep, that timing is all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is good for yeah. for this. And then yeah. they they uh, they had me at, they had me in, in in King of the Hill where uh, Bobby was playing some sort of b- baseball game or what have you, and he was coming up with a plan of how to, like, you know, get tagged out or whatever, and uh, Hank went, don't play lawyer ball. It's yeah, like, yeah. that sums up the character. I now know <laughs> I now know what everyone's about. You've given me your theme. Yeah. And they do the theme really well in the show, even though they don't really need to, because mm-hmm. people have seen the original show. But yeah, it's uh, all right, and I'm uh, hoping for the best for it. That's good. Yeah. Good. good. It's uh, it seems like almost every other cartoon I see that comes out is just shockity shock shock shockity shock 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 and it's like everything's shockity shock shock now. <laughs> Don't be out shockity shock shock. We've uh, passed by that. You think we've passed it? Yeah, cuz you can't out South Park South Park. You can't uh, you can't be more shocking than that. So but, something like Bob's Burgers does make yeah, more sense to me. Yeah. And something South Park is good about doing is that shock 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 shock. Oh, here's the me- here's a little moral at the end of this yeah. that's you know, and I, and I feel like maybe the general viewer of South Park maybe doesn't get the subtext of a lot of the, the episodes. But oh Yeah, well, like whatever. you had the Mormon episode. And that was one where they just made fun of the Mormon religion and broke it all dum, down. Dum, 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 dum. That's right. And, and did the whole thing. But it was all, you know, the Mormon kid who was in town. Mm-hmm. And it ends with the Mormon uh, uh, kid <laughs> saying... Yeah, but the religion makes us happy, so you know, uh, you. kiss kiss my balls. <laughs> yeah, and uh, walks off and was like, "Well, that is a good point. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's per- per- perfectly fair. If let me just say, it, let me just heighten this. Uh, here's if, uh, here's uh, Dave's big if. If the religion isn't oppressing others, then well, what religion go isn't un- oppressing others. Mm. There we go. I they, mean, they're, I, they've all, I don't wanna, they all have a history I don't of doing do, that. Yes, they all have a history of doing that. But I, what if I mean they're not is, specifically doing it now, they're not specifically they doing did it, it now. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's religions that are continuing the, the fun. So. I will not disagree with that. So, uh, yeah. Grow up, you religions. Get over yourselves. That's all I'm saying. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> and lick your own balls. And what religion are we specifically talking about, Dave? Well, Mormonism <laughs> is one that uh, <laughs> okay, still go. is very strict. It uh, has very... Uh, I would say conservative values mm-hmm. that it still maintains, and also it's an exclusive religion that if you fall outside of its outside of its its rules, you are shunned. 
I was, uh, and your life feels ruined by that. Understood. Uh, I uh, I was listening to um, a podcast. This is podcast talking about podcasts. Um, oh, you're listening to a podcast. I was listening to a podcast. It was uh, mm. it was talking about. Uh, you were li- wait, you were listening to a podcast that wasn't our podcast. Oh, I don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Do you? you? No, it's terrible. Yeah, of course not. Um, but it was uh, one about Gary Shandling and how, okay. he, how he was friends with a Buddhist monk. And this mm-hmm. Buddhist monk, uh, something they did uh, was they burnt off three of their fingers. <laughs> and they burnt off uh, one finger. Uh, first of all, they wrapped it with something and then and soaked it in some sort of flammable thing and meditated as it burned, just as, a, as, a, as an exercise in detachment. To say, <laughs> I'm not my finger, my finger isn't me, or whatever well, the fucking I thing think, was. I think they're wrong, but okay. Oh, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to sec first, second, and third that. Uh, so yeah, he did that, and okay. uh, and 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 he was hanging around with you know, mm-hmm. and and no and and no one seemed to say in this discussion they were having that yeah. like, yeah. well, that's bad. Yeah, that's right. Why are we encouraging this? That's bad. That's gone. That's gone too far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking about how he uh, after he did all the finger burning, he didn't talk for like two years as another exercise of oh, the thing he was doing. It's cuckoo. And uh, the first time I, the first time I heard about this, yeah, you know, uh, he was talking about how uh, Gary Shandling was not a Buddhist. I don't believe he was a Buddhist, but he meditated, and he, you know, some of the things he was doing about detachment and whatever really helped him. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, you want to find that sweet spot that's like right between uh, that <laughs> and burning your fingers off. Like when it gets right to that burning your fingers off point, just pull it back pull a little back, bit. Yeah, because it's like it just feels like such a. First of all, clearly self-destructive. Clearly self-destructive. It's, it has a lot of, it has a lot of things going on there for me. There's a lot of things, but to me, there's another part of it which is just like, well, you selfish fuck, because mm. you don't know when you're someone's falling off a cliff and you're going to need to use your hand and help them out. <laughs> like that, you go like, eh, I'm going to like burn off some fingers because yeah. what what's it going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, da, da, da. it's like, yeah, but don't you know because you could use that hand to help somebody mm-hmm. you're using it for your own selfish introspection uh journey you know this kind of stuff and it's like that's all just like so uh, do something else go pick yeah. up litter for crying out loud don't set your damn hand on fire and it it feels part of something that i always object to in any part of any religion or philosophy which is the idea of a hierarchy of of specialness so you know, which we find in most religions, because humans have a hard time with the idea that we're not special, mm-hmm. and so we create, you know, ways steps that we have to follow in order to be considered special. So whether you're a Christian and you you can't dance and you don't drink and you pray to God and you have blah blah blah, you know, and all these little steps of climbing up this ladder, this ladder will get you closer to God, and you are above Joe down below you because Joe he does he drinks he smokes he is far from God unlike me I'm way up this ladder. And I feel like stuff like that has that element of hierarchy, you know, that I am better than other monks because I ha- they don't have all they don't have them burn their fingers off. Right. And how those is- guys are small timers compared to me. Right. And does throwing the word religion in it mean you're not mentally ill? Because if a guy came in with a hedge tripper and a hedge clipper and was going to cut off his fingers, yeah, you'd yeah. wrestle him to the ground. Okay. And you know, if he then went, no, sure. no, no, it's my faith. Yeah. And like, well, I don't fucking care. Yeah, I'm still going to wrestle you. I'm still going to wrestle you to the ground to take your hedge clippers away. You know, no, of course not. Yeah. Ugh, uh, 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 on that, it's just like it just feels like there'd be so much many. 
Yeah. Like, what's your what's what's your goal with that? Like, I understand the detachment. Mm. I get that. I to to a degree, you shouldn't you know uh, be owned by your things or let your things own you. I, I I get that. That all makes sense. But but shouldn't at the core of it being like you know help others? Yeah, that should and just be make that should be the attachment. Better. And how does burning your fucking finger <laughs> yeah. off you I'm, know help others? Yeah, I'm yeah. not entirely sympathetic to the the Buddhist way of looking at things because a lot of it is antithetical to Christian ideals okay. and i don't mean christian realities you know of you know european christian whatever materialism etc and prosperity gospel and all that nonsense i just mean in terms of the ideal elements of christianity you know helping loving do unto others do unto yeah. others those sort of things the buddhism the idea of us not being individuals but part of this sort of corporate whole and that we should have this. Uh, maybe I'm misquoting it when I say these things. People can correct me. Please do it kindly. Um, this idea that, yeah, of detachment, that we're not, that we should emotionally detach ourselves from other people. And, you know, you know well, I this doesn't sound right to me, that we should be emotionally attaching ourselves to people, that we should be empathizing with each other, not cutting ourselves off from each other. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think a world is a better place if we are in each other's shoes and understanding you know, feeling each other's pain and, and uh, you know, that's a better world to me. So when you see someone, your reaction should be that this person should be allowed to love. That should be that person's right. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, as humans, that's our ultimate place, you know, is to be loving and in love and loved. And, you know, the idea of detaching yourself from that speaking as a christian just doesn't sit, sit well with me you know yeah. so i so like when i say i'm not entirely there's elements of it uh, that i appreciate and respect a lot mm -hmm. particularly like meditation and the idea of you know stillness and yeah and taking I'm, I'm, I'm taking a place yeah. yeah and just making a a place for yourself that's peaceful and calm and and that kind of detachment i can understand that you're just detaching yourself from stress and worry and things that aren't important you know, like cutting out all that sort of things. And stuff, you know, mm, yeah, the things we things, already yeah. recognize as being, you yeah. know, that already exist, you know, as part of Christian culture as bad things, uh, you know, and that's fine. Um, you know, a big part of like the church I go to, um, there is a big mystical element to, or mystical, I shouldn't say element, I mean, obviously it's a mystical element to Christianity, but I mean a mystical element to our church population, like our congregation has a, you know, we do a, there's regular retreat, like meditation retreats and stuff like that, or prayer retreats. Okay. As part of our Christian life, because that's seems to have attracted people of that ilk to the church and over time. And so, you know, I can, and I like that. I can appreciate that. Personally, I can't meditate because I just fall asleep because I'm always on the verge of exhaustion. So the idea of like, so as soon as I try to like do sort of that kind of prayer and, you know, and sit and empty my mind and stuff like that. I just zone entirely and I wake up an hour later. Have you ever tried a, a walking neck. meditation? No, I haven't. No. I find I mean, that's, that, that might be going to the gym might be a, a form of walking meditation or, or it could be. It depends you know. where, where your mind's at. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, especially I, on counting. I prefer, so. I pre yeah, I prefer, <laughs> uh, I prefer a walking meditation myself. Uh huh. Uh, just cause you also get some exercise out sure, of it. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, t again, there is the danger of falling asleep. Yes, but you're <laughs> yeah. not not in danger of falling asleep when you're walking. Yeah, I remember going to a prayer, like a prayer retreat we had at the church. Like the very first year, they kind of started it, and uh, I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." Like a you know the sort of mystical element of the church. It was it's a part that I'm not really it's not really part part of me as a as a believer. I'm more like a head person and not a heart person. Mm -hmm. uh, so so much, at least I think that about myself. And then um, <laughs> I'm referring to something, but anyway, so we had this uh, like prayer 
uh, you know, like a, a cont- contemplative prayer part of the of the, the retreat. And we went into the sanctuary of the church and we decided in our chairs or pews, but we have chairs, comfortable chairs, too comfortable apparently, because <laughs> we're supposed to pray. And I just like zonked out. And I woke up like I don't know how much long. I had no idea like how long, how much time had passed. I just woke up. I was like, have I missed everything? Like I have no idea how long I've been asleep. Ugh, and I have a sore neck. Um, yeah, it's funny. I just remember the thing that made me laugh was the the priest who was running the uh, retreat. He's like. We did some sort of thing like, what kind of believer are you? And it was like some sort of grid, like a four-part okay. grid, and you were like head and heart and da-da-da. And so uh, and so we did it, and he's like, so that's surprising how many mystical people we have here. <laughs> and I said, well, it's a prayer retreat. It's a, of course there's <laughs> mystical people here. Like, who else is going to come? Like, Someone reminded me that I said that a little while ago. She said, oh, I thought that was so funny <laughs> that you would say that. It was like at work yesterday, someone, um, I won't say any names, but someone said... Uh, they're like, what are you doing? We're, we're, we're all working in the same place. We're trying to s- squeeze in a bunch of work in the same place. And someone else came in and started working in there. Like, what are you doing here? Like, we're trying to get this work done. And he's like, he's like, the warehouse manager told me I had to come in here and do this. I'm like, yeah, he told all of us that we had to come here and do this. One of, one of us pointed out. I thought, oh, that's a really good point. It's, you can't say that because like, it's not, not like you can you know, suddenly say to everyone, listen, I'm important here because he told me to come in and work. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we all have instructions. Yeah, from, the rest of us are here as hobbyists. We all, <laughs> We're all following. That's part of a club. Yeah, we've all been given work orders, and we're all following work orders from the warehouse manager. You can't just like use his name as some sort of hammer. And also, it turned out that he wasn't supposed to make those doors at all. They'd already been made, so he just uselessly cut down some doors into smaller, <laughs> or cut down some sections into yeah. smaller sections, and, and made the doors twice, and then got in big trouble for that. So anyway, and was, you don't want to name names. It was a good moment. It was a good moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to name so and shame. I'm not going to name and shame, but it was a good moment. Yeah, today I had a little bit of an accident at work. I was um, lifting a, a section with with a fellow uh, employee, and we were just. It was early in the morning, and we were just. I think we were both kind of discombobulated a little bit. We weren't on the same page, and as we were lif- lifting up, and normally we lift it up straight over our head, and then move sideways and put it on onto like a pickup truck if that's what we were loading. And so we we're lifting it up, and I had my hands like ready, like straight over over my head. And then for some reason, he decided he was going to twist it sideways. Mm. And so he suddenly twisted it without saying anything. Oh and no! It just, and it was raining out, so my hands were wet. Yeah. And it just twisted out of my hands, and it was just like floating in midair. Oh. So then I put my leg up to catch it, as so it wouldn't fall on uh. the ground and get wrecked, because these are expensive yeah. sections that people wait like three months to get, because they're 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 um these really beautiful doors. And so I put my leg up and, but problem with these doors is they're super sharp. So I just came down and just gouged oh. into my leg, tore my pants oh. and put this big giant, like half inch gouge into my leg. Oh. And, uh, we did finish loading, but he was like, Wait, did you not put you, you, but you put like pressure on the wound or anything? You no, didn't... not then we had to load. We had lots more to load, unfortunately. So you so. had an open wound while you were I had no loading? idea what was happening. I just, it was sore. That's, that was what I could oh, okay. tell. Okay. All right. And so uh, we finished loading and he was like, what the hell were you doing? I'm like me. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, why would you suddenly change what we normally yeah. do in the middle of the thing? I guess I said, you know, I'm not going to say it was entirely your fault, but, you know, let's just let's both take some blame here, you know, because it, it fell on him, too, because when it, I dropped it, he it slipped out of his hands and mm-hmm. it, it scraped down his chest and mm. scratched him. So I was like, well, I'm, I thought to myself, well, I'm glad that both of us didn't escape because it was equal to equal blame. Yeah. You know, like I, I maybe I should have been more on the ball and what he was doing. And I was watching him, and he just did it really quickly, and it just kind of caught me off guard. But uh, well, when we got please finished, please be careful. When we were finished loading, okay. we went to first aid station and, and and took care of it. I have a bandage on it, so it's all good. Okay, it was taken care of. I'm almost worried about your wounds at work. <laughs> it was fine. It was good. Uh, we have more 
I have to say that um, with our new warehouse manager, we have better procedures in place for stuff like this. Okay. Like our old warehouse manager was a bit of a no-show most of the time. Like just, he was there, but he wasn't there kind of a guy. And a new warehouse manager is much more like, you know, he wants procedures and he wants us to follow them. And, you know, so that's good. That's better. You know, then it's kind of like, oh, you cut yourself? Ah, oh, it's fine. It's a long way from your heart. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, that kind of attitude. Which is not a terrible attitude. Cause it's a pretty terrible attitude. But I just mean like, I don't want to. Ha- I don't want people going home because they had a door fall on their leg. Like, okay, you know, we should treat it, but let's not get carried away. All you right, know, you know, it's fair just, enough. It's just a, it's just a scratch. So, okay, or a gouge. Unless you need stitches, in which case, get stitches. Yeah, I got stitches before. Don't don't wait it out. <laughs> fair enough. Now, last time we talked, not last, last time we talked, because was at the party, um, mm-hmm. but the time before, uh, the time before that, yeah, uh, you were off the sugar for uh, forty days. Oh yes. And now you are back on it. Mm-hmm. How how are you doing? It's well. I've been eating a lot of sugar. <laughs> I won't lie to you. Just um, a lot of uh, hummingbird nectar. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's right. I've been at my neighbor's house, <laughs> hanging from the roof, sipping at the honey. Yeah, they're like, get out of here, Dave. Go <laughs> <away>. <laughs> I'm a hummingbird. You're not a hummingbird. Quit lying. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's been really great. I won't lie to you. It's been really great. Um. I, on the first night, I guess, I think I put it on the Stinky Dragon Twitter. I just uh, shot of a huge pile of ice cream on a plate. <laughs> I said, you know, sugar fast is over. So, and that's, yes, that was a good feeling. What was the, fir- what was the first thing you had? Was it the ice cream? Um, well, Lent actually ends on Saturday night after, after sundown. Okay. So we went to uh, service that night for Easter Vigil. It was Easter Vigil and the traditional baptism at the service, which was nice. And then... Um, what is the traditional baptism? Oh, just someone getting baptized oh, at nice. Easter Vigil right. is like kind of part of the service. That's that's when the girls were baptized as oh, well. Oh, okay. That's great. And uh, so... Did they get baptized at the same time? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then uh, we um, we came home and we had some uh, brownies. Brownies. That was good. That was good. Brownies and something else. Came Homemade over. brownies? Yeah, at least made brownies. Nice. So it was really nice. Uh, nuts? Nuts in them or just straight? Mm, I think maybe. All right. Yeah, with nuts. Yeah, Very with good. nuts, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's quite good. Quite good. So, yeah, that's, uh, I, I didn't have anything that I planned to have. It didn't happen for me because I had all, like, all these ideas like, I'm going to go to this place and I'm going to have this. I'm going to go here and I'm going to have this. That didn't really work out, but it never seems to because you just don't have time. You just mm-hmm. think, oh, I'll have all this time in the world. I'm going to go down to Sherry's. I'm going to have, finally have one of those milkshakes <laughs> with a pie in it. Didn't have that. I'm going to go to 7 Eleven. I'm going to get a Slurpee. Didn't have another Slurpee yet. I'm going to go down to that cute little ice cream parlor. On Hastings Street, up, you know that one? I, I, I know a couple of them, yeah. Um, I think I know the one you're talking about, mm, though, yeah. Tell me the name of it now. Burnside. Burnside, right, yeah. yeah. Let's write that down. <laughs> you're thinking about that one, are you? Yeah, that's nice. Uh, I wanted yeah. to go there and have a purple cow, but I haven't done that yet. Either. And that is uh, what? What's that? A uh, grape soda blended into ice cream. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not like a float. It's not a float. A float's different. It's, a, it's blended in so it flavors the ice cream. But it's not liquid. Okay. And can you tell me the purple cow poem? I don't know the purple cow poem. The famous purple cow poem? Okay. How, how is it famous? No, this is, no, it actually okay. is a very famous okay. uh, uh Maybe I'll poem. recognize it as you do then. All right. Is it not about a purple people eater? No, it's not. That's not the cow. No. Okay. It's a different I've cow. never seen a purple cow. Mm. I hope to never see one. But let me tell you, here and now, I'd rather see than be one. Really? Yeah. That seems rather Anonymous. That guy, that guy wrote a lot. Or she wrote a lot. Yeah. It's not an Ogden Nash poem? Then? No, but that is what your drink would be based okay. on, is based on that poem. Yeah. Well, because there's a, the different ones. There's a brown cow, mm-hmm. which is Coke and ice cream. 
then there's orange cow. Just, you know, it's pretty obvious. But I wanted a grape soda one, purple cow. Nice. But one of these days, we'll make it over there and we'll have a purple cow. Good stuff. I'm uh, I'm off uh, drinking. Uh, what I'm just drinking water now for for a month just to just to try it out. Just water. Yeah, just water. You'll get really tired of it. <laughs> Let me tell you. I can eat. I can eat. Like, listen. I could eat. I could eat an ice cream cone, mm. but I can't have a milkshake. I see. But it's basically it's just getting me off soda. Yeah. And coffee right now. Sure. Yeah, because I was drinking yeah. coffee to get off soda. But then it was just getting a little too thumpy, mm, you know? Mm. And also, everything was just too spiky. It was, like, too spiky from either whether it was, like, sugar or whatever, the sweetener or mm. the, the... And it was like, okay, I'll just have coffee. And then it's from the caffeine. And it's like, yeah. all right, look, let's just knock this all off <laughs> for a month. I'm just going to do... I'm just going to drink water, and we'll see how things go. Okay. And so far, eh, it's fine so far. So the, the, the only exciting drink. Yeah, the only the only drag is we're in a office where it's very tough to get water. Like, mm. I have to go outside yeah. to a fountain across the street to fill up a water bottle because uh-huh. uh, the only water we get here is, like, in a tap that, like, shoots out, like, warm water. Yeah, that's all it has. Yeah, it's and warm. from, like, a shower head type situation. <laughs> so it's very difficult to fill a bottle anyway, and you feel like a bit of a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, it does cut down on the. Uh, it does cut down on the cost of going to a movie, though. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, because you get a cup of water for cup of water free. For free, and and they go it's like not the very same. trusting, very trusting, because they're like, oh, where do you get the water? You get it from the soda soda machine. What? Well, how, how do you know? I'm not just filling up with soda. You're not like watching me. Well, well, I guess. Oh, oh it they don't matter. fill it for you. Uh, most no, of the, no. Uh, most of the uh, theaters I go to, they still they still do the fountain. Oh, okay. Behind the counter, so. Right. No, they just send me off to like fill up it. my own. Uh, this thing. is really weird. I don't understand. Like, I guess it's appealing to people that they have to do all the work themselves. What they like about it. I don't know it, why it, we're falling for this stuff. The reason that they got us to fall for this stuff is because you get so many different flavors. So many different flavors. I guess. Like they could have the same I, machine behind the behind the counter. It would just be too, and, be too just, hard. Why? It'd be too hard for the person to do it. No, they just have to push a button. They'd have to remember so many drinks because it'd be like like three people drinking. I want a mix of the Coke with the cherry and the lime, uh-huh. and I want a half. Yeah, that's diet why they push, punch it into a screen, and the screen tells them what they're, they're making anyway. Mm. It's like when you go to Dairy Queen, you give them a bunch of confusing. Would stuff. you prefer if you went to a Seven Eleven having them pour the Slurpee for you? Or do you, you like got me the there. control? You got me there. I do like the control there. Yeah, I think that's you the got, situation you then. You got me there. But it's what I'm used to. And I feel like if you go to a store and they want you to bag the groceries yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm it. doing the work. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not paying you I'm, for that. I'm not, not, you're not just doing the work. You're putting someone else out of work. Yeah. I feel the same way about like yeah. the, the express checkouts where you go through the scanning thing. Although I did that the other day, but just because just we were in a rush. But uh, yeah, I just, feel, I just feel like all those places are... They're just trying to like take away jobs from people. Although yeah. they don't because people are such idioots that they have to have a guy standing there anyway to help people who don't know what a bag is or where to put things or how to scan system. stuff. Oh, it's yeah. just so difficult. No one could do it. <laughs> it's just, ah, oh, man. Yesterday, uh, we had a, we had a vehicle incident. A car, a car in the middle of working stopped working. Unfortunately, in the middle of a road, a busy road. This is your car? This is well, one of our cars. Okay. And so. Hey, we went through that. You and me. Yes, that's right. This yeah. is a different incident. Was it a different car? Different car, yeah. Oh, okay. It and might be you. So, you might be uh, emitting a magnetic pulse that I, stops cars. No, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't there when it stopped working. Okay. I had to go, but I went there 
because uh, it was my daughter and I wanted to make sure she was okay. And she, she had her charges with her. She's working as a nanny right now. So she had her charges with her and I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. And if they needed a oh, ride, I could. Oh, as in like ride. the people she was looking after. Mm-hmm. I thought like, well, that's good. She's got her chargers with her. She could start the car up again. No, not that kind of charge. <laughs> All right. The charges, the people she's in charge of. And so, um, or the kids she's in charge of. So uh, I went over there and uh, I got to see it firsthand just absolute stupidity over and over again. It's so great. People oh. are so dumb. Well, it's the same thing that happened to us. You're sitting in the light. Yep. Your car is broken down. You your vehicle's broken down. You on. have your hazards are on. Yeah. Everyone comes up behind you and they wait there. <laughs> Perhaps thinking, as I said before, that maybe you are turning in either direction at the same time. Yeah. You might be going left, might be going right. You know, maybe you haven't made up your mind yet. You're just, yeah. And so they're waiting for you to turn left or right. And then they wait for a while. And then they realize, oh, this car, this car isn't moving. <laughs> so then they honk. They honk at you. Then they pull <laughs> beside you and then they yell at you. And you're like, I have my flashers on. Yeah. Like, I'm not here for my for fun. This is not my idea of a good time sitting at a light with my, you know. And then you get someone who's car. sort of helpful, who's going, "Let's pull you over to the side, like we're going to push <laughs> like, you." Yeah, but yeah. but they 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 act like you're the biggest idiot in the world. Yeah. Well, I got to get you off the damn road. Come on, let's go. Well, all right, Jesus. All right, no, you got to get the the back. I'm like, all right. Go There's a system go in place. It it's all fine. Yeah, yeah. It's all fine. We got to do it now. All right. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. This this vehicle is too big to push, so okay. no one's pushing that that thing. How about the charges? They could have been pushing it. <laughs> Three and four year old girls. Uh, no. So then, uh, yeah, it was just it was just interesting to watch. And it, I don't want to I don't want to cast want to cast anyone in a bad light. I don't want to say anything bad about people. This but is Dave's casting couch. But old little old ladies driving cars, quit it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You, how how long have you been driving? And you don't know what flashes mean? You just why are you waiting behind cars? All of you. Quit it. Oh, my God. So many. So many. <laughs> oh, I just feel... And if, then the people behind them are like, they don't know what's going on because they can't see. So, so they're, they're waiting there too. Her. They're waiting there too. And yeah. then everyone's talking. And then finally... And then people realize, oh, this car is broken down. And so so when I got there, I lifted the hood of, of yeah. the car so that people could see, oh, the that's, hood's up. Yeah, that's the International signal. sign of... you know, Not the hazards, apparently. <laughs> not a sign enough for people. We need we need more visual confirmation, please. Could you also write a sign that way I won't bother to read? Oh, it's just so, it's so, it's so frustrating. But anyway, our listeners are great. They're the smartest people I've ever met, all of them. But almost everyone else on earth, idiots. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, well, I'm glad we're doing the show for them then and not those idiots. Yeah, I just don't, like, come on. Like, what? Oh, I just, uh, anyway. But everyone was okay. That's how I felt about it. Yes, everything was the fine. The car was, uh... The car was, the car was fixable. Okay. Uh, it was just a minor, a minor problem that is, unfortunately, when that part of the car, the alternator, goes... There goes the power because it—that's what is charging the car. Mm-hmm. And as but once it stops charging, the car is just eating up all the battery energy, and it's not being recharged by the alternator. So you just reach this point where there's no power left, and then it just stops working. So that's what happened. And unfortunately, it happened on a busy street at a busy time of day, in a busy part of Langley, when Mary was stuck, <laughs> stuck there. So yeah, I just went over to well, I'm glad you give some hand. moral support. All right. Well, well done, and hope everything works out with the car. Uh, I went to uh, I went to a motion picture last night, mm-hmm. and uh, before we get to our musical segment of the show, which I know you're all waiting for that, I know, um, <laughs> I'm going to do a mild a mild diss of oh, a movie. Oh, a mild diss of a, a movie. A mild diss. Is this a movie that I've described as looking unattractive? Oh, that's interesting. All right. Uh, probably. Okay. All right. Would this be Ready Player One? Yeah, it looks terrible to me. Yeah. Terrible. Um... Like I don't want to see a two-hour cutscene. I literally, I literally watching the movie went. 
I don't get who this is for. Because <laughs> it feels like it's so much 80s stuff specifically. Okay. Uh, Very that, popular right now. Okay. Have you, um, have you seen Stranger Things? Yeah, that's fine. That's got some heart to it. Haven't you seen Stranger Danger? Oh, I can I can name you so many movies that deal with nostalgia in a much much better way and actually mm-hmm. go their own way yeah. and do and do and do things. Oh my god! Haven't you seen Danger Man? <laughs> no, I haven't actually seen Danger Man. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Secret Agent Man, right? Which is also called Danger Man. Yeah, I have seen Danger Mouse. Is it based have on you Danger, seen Danger Mouse? Mouse? Have yes. you seen Danger Mouse? Danger Mouse. <laughs> He's the greatest. He's fantastic. Um. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the Voiced movie, by David Jason. I just I, I turned to uh, right. I was not. there with Pia. I was there with my sister in law Vicky, and just went, "Who is this for? Who is this movie for? Yeah. Like no idea who it's for. Because mm. uh, you know it should be like, oh, this is just so to appeal to me. Yeah. Is that what a movie and, should be? And 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 it's like, nope, not me. You mean that movie specifically? Not, not all movies should be made to appeal to you. No, no, no. I know most are going for a younger demographic. I yeah. get it. But yeah. like this one that you're like so praising the '80s. Really, I should be going, I like that, and I like this, really and like I like that? all this, and okay. I like this, and mm. I like that. I should okay. be saying that, yeah. and I'm not. Because mm. everything is is presented in the wrong way. It's either like you're whipping across it so fast that you're not picking up on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you have no you have no chance to go, uh, as you would with the nostalgia, the power of nostalgia, taking you back to a different time, to you know, and give you an emotional feel. But it's so fast that it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the Batmobile, but there's gone. Well, what am I supposed to feel about the Batmobile? Yeah. And, and none of the things that they use... Is it act- the 80s Batmobile? No, it was actually the 60s Batmobile. So you're living in someone else's nostalgia. That's even worse. Oh, there's a nostalgia from all over. Ugh. All over. So much Battletoads. Um, I, I don't even know who that is. But uh, you don't... No, it's okay. That's okay. You would spend the whole movie going, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I got that. Like, the movie is best enjoyed, I would say, watching a YouTube video afterwards where someone goes... Oh, that's this the and Easter this eggs? and this. Yeah. All the and I did watch one of those today, which okay. was not a great one. But it's like, yeah, all right. It's fine. You, that was fine. But is it clever if you can't pick up on it? Mm. And if you don't let it land. But my biggest problem was all of the all of the things that they, they used, uh, and I'll say this because it's on the poster, they have like the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant the Nin- message 90s of nineties myth nostalgia. Yeah, the message of the Iron Giant movie mm-hmm. is absolutely against what they have the Iron Giant do in this. Mm. Like, and that's the same thing with almost everything that they've got in this. Is like, oh, you're presenting it, but you don't get it. Uh-huh. And there might be a bit of something to that where you go like, oh, you're, uh, you, you, you like the trappings of this. You like the skin of this, yeah. but you don't get what the heart of this is. Mm-hmm. They could have made a movie about that. Yeah. But like, ugh, no, they didn't at well, all. I guess they did. They did accidentally. They did accidentally. There's, make there's a movie one about scene that. where, uh, where, where they're talking about how great it would be to have your high school be like the high school in the Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day what? Off, okay. and they go, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." And would they it? say that, and you're like, "No, it wouldn't." <laughs> the school was terrible in both of those environments. The principal was a monster. Yeah. The Breakfast Club was awful. <laughs> Everything was horrible. They were fighting against those things. Why yeah. would you want your school to look like those? Like, yeah. No, not at all. We were there. It wasn't that great. It wasn't that great, mm-hmm. but like p- point completely missed. And there's a thing, <laughs> there's a thing early on where two characters do that show showdown thing of just like you know, uh, well there was this, well yeah, but this was this. Oh, but you're misremembering this, but this detail about this, and it's like that kind of shit that people do. And you're like, oh, this might be a good example of like later on they'll go, you know, the trivia isn't what's important. What was in the film 
what how it made you feel was important, but they don't do that. The trivia was what was fucking important, mm. and it felt like that's what this movie was. Was like, isn't it great just to have all these references? It's like, well, no, it's not. You know, and uh, something like the Lego Movie has a lot of references in it, like an incredible amount of crazy characters, but you still have heart to it. Yeah, and this this had this had nothing. Wow. It was just, pfft. in fact, to the point <laughs> where like the the romance is creepy. And you're just going like, did did you not know it was creepy? The thing. How do you mean the ro- romance is creepy? The romance is creepy. Is it like a, a seven year old man with a young avatar and a, or is it a seven year old woman with a young avatar? It's it's like a guy and a girl. Yeah. Uh, and they start off where you think they're equal, but he starts doing all these things of of like where like he's what, matrix like powers. <laughs> not not really. It's just okay. he's doing things where like. You know, I know what's best for you, so mm. I'm going to do this thing for you. Or okay. like, she's ashamed of something, mm. and he makes her reveal it. But without uh, not her deciding to reveal it, sure. he forces it, and that's yeah. kind of taken as a romantic thing. Because like, see, I've made you better by making you reveal this thing. So he's and he's man gaming it. He's man gaming it. You know, okay. it's like, oh, it's not quite. Ugh. And because <laughs> it's in the future, you're like. Oh, you got rid of still, still yeah, doing we're that. Still, eh? We're still doing that. We're still, <laughs> like we're is, still doing that. It's like this is from 2017 or something. Yeah, apparently, and uh, from from because it was Vicky, made last year. I'm assuming, I, probably. But Vicky says the book was better, and she described the book to me afterwards. And mm. scenes that they had in the book that were different than the but movie. But the screenplay was by the the author of the book, wasn't it? Uh, yes, and the <laughs> the writer of Last Action Hero, which after I came I came out of it. Here's what? the thing, uh, and and again, this is something that's like you can see kind of. Last in the Action post. Hero was an unfortunate uh, thing. Well, Last Action Hero, I I always quote is like saying like, don't mention a better movie than the movie you're in. That's a fucking terrible thing to do. Yeah. In Last Action Hero, there's a confrontation scene at the end where the villain's going, and I'll be able to tap into all these movies. Uh. I'll be able to bring up King Kong, and you're like. Well, bring up King Kong. Did you not have the money for King Kong? Let's see fucking they, King they Kong. Didn't. They didn't have the time. Apparently that movie was made with so little prep time and so little filming time. Yeah. Like, like they just killed uh, that the John that, Tiernan. That the totally makes sense to me. Yeah. But like, especially mentioning King Kong, I've always thought like, you couldn't get King Kong. <laughs> and this movie, yeah. one of the first things you see is King Kong. Like, they got King Kong. Yeah, King Kong. He finally got it, King but, Kong. And that, you go like, who gives a shit about King Kong? Because King Kong ain't acting like King Kong, so who fucking cares? Well, because a movie like that, it sounds to me like clutter. It just sounds like a lot of nostalgic clutter that's, you know, and it's, it's, like, an it's like you've act. gone into someone's, you know, sort of, uh, uh, what, what's, you know, I don't know what you call it, but, you know, like a, this sort of shop where it's just, like, it's just full of stuff, like a junk shop, I guess would be the yeah. name for that. And it's just full of all kinds of things. You go in there and you're just like, I remember those signs. I remember those things. I remember this. I remember that. But it has no context with it's just a junk shop. Yeah. So you know It's a real the it's real good that you remember those the things. The real but. question that you come out of it like with me is like, what does this movie have to say about nostalgia? Is it good? Is it no. bad? And, very and bad. what does it have to say about like interactive entertainment? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. it toxic? Is it not? And they, they do like a little lip service at the end to something where they're like, and this. And it's like, eh, you can't just, you can't, <laughs> can't just tack it on. You can't just tack this shit on at the end. <laughs> you can't just do that. All no, right. no dice. Uh, but yeah, it was the, one of the most hollow films I've seen in a long time. Interesting. And it just kept turning to Pia going like, man, this looks expensive, huh? And are you feeling anything? <laughs> I'm not feeling a damn thing. Uh, all these big action scenes, but who gives a shit? There's mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. It's just nothing. Nothing's happening. Who cares? Well, I think... Whereas the book, you, yeah. it's all in your head, so you're more emotionally invested and it makes more sense. But you you really are telling... Because I think there's a difference between nostalgia and sentiment. 
you know, and so you can have a sentimental attachment to a time period, and that has an emotional resonance for you. Mm -hmm. But nostalgia is different, and nostalgia is just mere recalling of a time period that you know that you rem you can remember things of that time period. You know, like, do you remember this? Do you remember wacky packages? Do you remember uh, glass bottle pop and glass bottles? Do you remember? You know what I mean? Like those yeah. sort of things. You know, they're not. You don't. I I doubt there's many people who have a sentimental attachment to Coke and a glass bottle. You know, you might like that. Mm -hmm. You might be like, that was that was nice to drink Coke in a glass bottle, but you can still drink Coke in a in a plastic bottle. It's just, you know what I mean? Like it's just yep. there's not that much sentiment. Well, there's Unless, people that will buy old Coke bottles, so they well, clearly, yeah, but that's to make their own glasses. So they're like their a real nerd, <laughs> real thrifty nerds. Let's give them that. Let's give them the thrift. Uh, but you know what I mean, right? Like so, like unless there is some really important thing, like your dad was worked for a bottling company, which or he did. Your dad worked for like so glass bottles. <laughs> you know, then I had you, to mention that because I was like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's, so for that's you, my life. That maybe yep. you would have an attachment to those sort of things that are different than mine. Possibly, mine is just merely I. You know, it's fun to go and pull glass bottles out of a vending machine. Mm -hmm. That was an interesting experience. But I don't really. But my I don't have a sentimental attachment to that. There's no romantic longing to go back to the days of pulling a glass bottle out of a. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just mere cure. It's a curio. Rather than it's it has meaning, a deep meaning for me. You know, and that's a, there's a difference there, I think. And so a movie like this, which is just full of clutter, of nostalgic clutter, of of things that are curious or interesting, or do you mm -hmm. remember that? It doesn't feel like it can have a heart to it because it's not. That's not what it's about. And no one says anything negative about any of the things. Mm. That's the other thing too. They're all positive. So it has no value to it. As there's well. a, they're no all positive. Yeah, they're all yeah. positive. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, what's that about? They do a they do a thing, and again, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but they go into an actual movie, <laughs> okay. and that's the only part of the movie that's like is really good. Mm. Like, is and they haven't shown it on the on the and the ads, which is great. It's just like they go into a movie, and you're like, oh. This this would be an interesting idea for a movie, and mm. it, it's the first time anything has weight. Mm. And then they throw a bunch of CGI onto it, and it's like <laughs> you fucking completely fuck this up. Can I just ask though, is the weight borrowed from the movie that they're in, or does uh, the movie bring that weight to it? Uh, the yeah, it it's borrows it from the yeah. thing. It like uh, how I described it was like having an impressionist do all these characters that yeah. you sort of like but yeah. in five minute bursts mm. so you don't have a chance for any of it to land <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they're all and all the characters are saying things those characters would never say okay so you got jack nicholson you know uh like eh, it's jack nicholson but he's just like who likes panties like what's well that he doesn't say who likes panties so why would he say that it's it's all stuff they wouldn't be doing yeah so, yeah. yeah it's just uh, so that's what i say and they they lift uh, something from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, that's just like that's a huge thing from Scott Pilgrim. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say is like it's a huge thing from Scott Pilgrim. They lift it. It's in this movie. Yeah. And when they do it, you go, "Well, did you not fucking see pa Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> you can't just do that. Scott Pilgrim did that. Yeah. And it's like, all it's right. Again, it's just, which which you would go like, well, maybe they didn't know. Yeah. But in a movie that's all nostalgia about yeah. pop culture, no. fuck you, completely lifting that. They know. You know, and all they'd need is a character to just like turn and go, oh, just like in Scott Pilgrim, huh? And then that would have been fine in that world. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Ugh. Annoying. Okay. Well, before we go to the music, okay, let me ask you Can't a question. Can't face the music. Can't face the music. Oh, don't people. Uh, before we go well, on. Wasn't that Can't Stop the Music? Oh, that's Can't Stop the Music. Sorry. What's who's Can't Face the Music? I, I, I don't know. I just made up words. I was talking out of okay. my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were quoting something. Uh, my question for you is. Please. 
You're allowed one question every episode. Every, every episode is one. I, I asked, you, asked you a lot of questions in the last part there. Um, who, oh, sorry, what makes, what? <laughs> wait, which? which? No, wait, sorry. How? <laughs> when? <laughs> when? No. no. Will what? this bit be over? <laughs> oh, it's not a bit. It's a question. What makes a person boring? Oh, what makes a person boring? Yeah. Uh, when they repeat what you say? What What makes a person boring? Well, like when Repetition? You, when you meet a what person. What makes a person no, boring? Repetition? Okay. <laughs> what makes a person boring? When you meet Repetition? a person. That makes a movie boring. Finnegan's chin looking at you. Oh, okay. What makes, you, a per, uh, all right, what makes a person boring? If you meet boring? a person at something, say at a party. Yeah. Lack of connection. Lack of connection. That's right. When you're two wires that are not connecting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when when their electricity is just going shooting off against the wall, and when they're not accepting what you're laying down, that, as okay, well. that's that's I think part of it. When I was asking Lisa about this when we were driving home the other night, and you saw her yawning, I saw her yawning, and I said, "Dear, what, what makes me boring?" She said, "Dave, because she said because the person always needs to return the conversation to its center. So rather than letting mm. a conversation flow and have its own have its own rhythm and its own life." This person needs to take it back to its yeah. origins and needs to bring you back. So so let's say you're talking about a movie and you start to go off about the movie and maybe it gives you it leads to different avenues. This person says, Oh, I saw a review of that movie and I listened to a review of the movie in a podcast and that person said blah blah blah. It's that's boring. That's a boring part of the conversation then because they're taking where the conversation was going and they turn it back around to what the conversation started with. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. I find that person, I find that sort of person boring. That person's boring to me because... That almost seems like a Dale Carnegie thing of like, don't do this in a conversation. They don't let the conversation have its own life because maybe maybe that conversation scares them because it's going in places that they don't know about or they don't know how to talk about. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And so they need to take it and and control it and turn it back in on itself. When someone does that, when we're talking, then I, I get very bored feeling because... We're going backwards into the conversation. Well, the problem then is, yeah, you've you've gone back to the starting line, and now we've got to start from there again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, there's many other directions you can go if if you let things progress. That's, That's right. That is that is true. And when you start it back again, let's say the person takes it and they mention this review, and you're like, oh, okay, this movie again. Let's talk a little bit more about the movie, and then you go, and then the conversation starts, starts to wander away again, and then they need to take it and control it and turn it back again huh. to itself. By that time, you just oh my god, you're tiring me out, you know. Like it's it's a yeah, it's an interesting. No, that is. I'll no, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, always always coming back to the same point, not allowing mm-hmm. the thing to grow, stifling stifling the conversation. Yep, I'd say that for sure. Yeah, I and not. To, I I I also go with again, not listening to the other person, saying your what? piece. Yeah, there you are. yeah. Just saying <laughs> saying your piece. Yeah, and uh, and and yet not finding any connection, and that can be. No one's fault. Sometimes there just isn't a connection. That's like a bad I, date. I, well, neither, I of guess us, that's... neither of us have gone on a date in a long, long time. First date with somebody. What, what was that? Uh, yeah. I th- well, I think, but there's a difference between being, I don't know, disconnected from someone. Because you can be disconnected from a person, and they can still be interesting, but just not. This they're not interesting to you, I guess. Right. And maybe that's boring. I don't know. So uh, I this don't know. Uh, this drive home was this after that party we were at? Maybe. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I occasionally get uh, stuck with someone who I'm probably find me boring as well. Okay. Uh, but like <laughs> where 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 yeah, where you just go like you're not you're not present in this conversation mm. and that's mm-hmm. the thing that throws me. Yeah. It's like you're right. They always keep trying to bring it back to the thing like uh 
yeah, I don't want to say specifically what it was, but like, yeah, they always try to bring it back to 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 what has happened before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, time travelers always trying to <laughs> reset the board. And and you seem to have a harder time avoiding those people than I do. I think mm-hmm. I'm very good at turning my back to them and just ignoring them when they start to to to. I guess I, I've got sympathy towards people who are awkward at parties. Mm. And so if someone's making an effort, I want to try to help them okay. in that. And I and I usually do try to bring other people into it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's another thing that I find a bit of Let's a bore. all jump into the volcano. Right. But that's something I do find, like, say we got three people here, right? Yeah. And the someone's talking to me, mm-hmm. and they're not including the third person okay. in there. And you yeah. can see the third person just getting more and more, like, just distant a little bit mm. and, like, looking around. And it's yeah. like, there's a third person here. Are you mm. not aware, aware that this person is here? Yeah. So I'm constantly looking for a thing of just, like, Oh yeah, because uh, you also you you uh, like ham. Yeah, you know, just like something like that. <laughs> no, no, you know? I'm the same. We've I all gone to the ham restaurant, mm-hmm. and then you can just see this person lighten up, light light, light up a bit, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm back in it. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, guys. I know I'm the same with I'm the same. I do I do like I do I am cognizant of when a person is somehow being cut out, and I do like to like turn to them and go, what do you think of? Yeah, or what you know that I do do that. But if I decide that a person is boring, which is a cardinal sin. In my in my my world, then I have no problem with. with there's uh, there's a couple of people I know who just are sort of like. Well, it's just. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk a little bit. We'll talk a little bit, but yeah. then I sort of fade out. I, I ghost them. Basically. Yeah, try and ghost them. Yeah, there's a couple of people I know who are, are actually fairly famousy uh, people, and they're but they're still very socially awkward. But they have to talk to people mm-hmm. as part of what they do. So they've almost like loaded up with these conversation starters. Okay, uh, you know that are just like. So what do you think about the whatever situation it is mm. that's in the news or something trivial or yeah, something yeah. like you know in the industry if it's a comics person yeah. just like so what do you what do you think's wrong with Frank Miller you know what's <laughs> uh, what's going on there you know and to the point where it just felt like well none of us were talking about that but I understand that you, this is how you will get into a conversation yeah, yeah. Uh, and now it looks like we're all having a conversation if nothing else we look like we're people having a conversation <laughs> now and we'll fool ourselves into thinking that we had one uh, yeah, that's just yeah. fine and then someone like a Frank Miller will just completely turn the conversation onto himself all the time, and uh, and tr- and because they're used to holding court. Yes. Now that I'm mentioning Frank Miller, <laughs> I just know I've him as someone met. who did kill a kill a couple of good conversations I saw like well, once upon a time, and was like, oh wow, he's really good at killing conversations by just making everything about himself. Hmm. Yeah, that's how I do it. It's a good way to keep the party rolling. Just turn it all to yourself. I say what you do for a good conversation is just uh, have a podcast and then have to fill like about 90 minutes every week. <laughs> you do learn It'll to just talk. happen. And then over time you go like, oh, I hope Dave brings music for the last half hour because <laughs> that's good filler. <laughs> we, I, you know, to be quite honest, I doubt, I seriously doubt that we ever would need filler. Agreed. We are two of the gabbiest people. Yep, we will never need that kind of filler. Anyway, Dave. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of filler. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Let me bring it oh, up. geez. Let me bring it up. Oh, boy. It was oh. so rough when he was off the sugar. Oh, he's just <laughs> so logy. <laughs> you did carry the show for a long so time. So angry. <laughs> what? No, you shut up. <laughs> We're talking about music. Oh, sorry. 
Um, so, so what we're doing? Uh, yeah. I'll introduce the concept. You introduce uh, the concept. We're getting you, uh, gentle listener, to uh, write in and and ask Dave. Hey, Dave, can you can you uh, do five songs on a certain topic mm. or theme, mm-hmm. and uh, then you yourself have to include in that a song that matches that theme, so we kind of get where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. And so far, Dave has been doing that. He's been doing songs about uh, cats. Uh, one that was almost cat-like, which was uh, did a soundtrack for Sparks, our book. By the way, did I mention our book, Sparks? We got a book. It's uh, called Sparks. Mm-hmm. It's a book about two cats that want to be heroes, uh, but uh, no one takes cat heroes seriously, so they uh, dress up in a mechanical dog suit, and they save the world. Hey, why not uh, give that a read? It's apparently number three Canadian book, a uh, kid's book, uh, this week. Hooray! We were down to number four for two weeks. Now we're back up! Hooray! Uh, so uh, it's in your local bookstores or and or comic shops. So and then he also did one about. Uh, did you do one about vehicles? Yes, yep. vehicles yep, was last, last week. week. Yep. Cars last week. Yep. So so this week, Dave, uh, what are we what are we up to? Well, this week I'm going to I'm going to skip a person who sent in. A, I'm sorry. I apologize for this, Dylan. I know that you uh, wanted five songs that start great but quickly quickly lose it. So far, I have two songs. Yeah. For that, um, I have two songs out of five, and I'm, so I'm struggling with that one. Be- so what we've what you've done, Dave, is what you're telling me is you started doing these, mm-hmm. and they start very strong with all these cats, <laughs> ones, whatever, and now you've yeah. lost it, yeah. and you can't actually complete the task at hand. So as yeah. thematically, what you're doing this week is actually true to so what he requested. Exactly, that's exactly what I... What I... So are you saying we're not doing one this week at all? No, we're doing Are one we this going week. home early? We're doing one this week. We're doing oh, this okay, week. all right, then. Uh, we're going to do one on... Dogs. Oh, dogs. So we um, have uh, equal uh, equal time. We've had cats. Now we're going for dogs. I'm, I'm glad I looked because I was mixed up on who sent this uh, sent this topic in. This is from our, a listener, Chris Roberts. Hi, Chris. Has sent this in. Shout out to Chris. Yes, shout out to Chris. Chris is the one who wrote us our lovely song uh, for uh, episode 300. Beautiful song. When Dragons Fly. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's great. Made I a was... video of it. Yes. Very good. Anyway, so. Uh, Touched us both. Chris said... And also made us a song. Uh, he said, great show, guys. Oh, Chris. Which, you know, that immediately attracted my attention to the, to, yep. the, to the comment. He said, end an inspired list of cat songs. Once again, thank you, Chris. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Uh, he is rubbing you the right way, as you should do with said, a cat. He said, I was trying to think of an Eagles cat song just to torment Dave. <laughs> he says, how about Peaceful Easy Feline? <laughs> it's very good. Very good, if I didn't mention the Eagles. He says, if it's not too obvious, it is, but let's press on. What about dog songs next time? Martha, my dear, is my suggestion, along with Joni's Coyote for the wider dog family. I said, okay, those are your suggestions. Right. I'm going to give different ones because I'm perverse. So, uh, and I'm surprised that you went with Martha, my dear. This is my comment. Martha, my dear. Because Martha, my dear, although he took the name Paul McCartney when he wrote the song, he took the name Martha from his sheepdog, Martha. The song itself makes no reference to dogs in any way. And it could just be about a woman named Martha. And the Beatles have a dog song. And the Beatles have a dog song, which is? Hey, Bulldog. Exactly. Which would be, that would be like, hey, why don't we? But anyway. Uh, but I guess maybe you could say it was originally going to be called Hey, Bullfrog. Mm. And so then you could say it's not about dogs. But it was about dogs because that was the name of the song when they released it. Anyway. Oh, I just noticed that on this page, there was also uh, the trailer for cock blockers i just want to say fuck that film <laughs> fuck it fuck it and fuck it again gosh why that why they put money into things why why the millions of dollars in that movie millions anyway so 
I did dog songs, Chris, by your suggestion. And here's a list of my dog songs. Is this a list? Is this the final list, Dave? Or is this a rough draft? <laughs> this is the this is the Shout final. out to Nina Matsumoto. Waiting for it. She was waiting for it. Yep. You can, you can go to sleep now, Nina. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we, we got it done. Yeah. All right. It's all, it's all good. So uh, in no particular order, here are my dog songs. Okay. I'm going to start. This is a pack of songs. Because Chris started or mentioned Joni Mitchell's Coyote, which is a very good song, I said, I'm going to double down. I'm going to coyote you back <laughs> with uh, this rank and file. That old saying, I'm going to coyote you That's back. right. That's right. You know, that common <laughs> saying, I'm going to coyote you back. I'm going to I'm going to coyote down on this <laughs> with a rank and file song, Coyote, which I think is another All great right. song, rank and file. We're uh, a, a Los Angeles band um one of the players alex alejandro escovedo uh, who played guitar in ring of Fala, was the uncle of sheila e the famous drummer who played with prince cool amongst other people and then um but they started off as the they've started off their life as the dills part of the kind of punk hardcore punk scene in in los angeles and then they did what all the bands did who were like hardcore most i shouldn't say all of them but most bands did at that time period they started off as ha- hardcore bands and then they went you know what this is really boring just playing this music really fast that doesn't have much of a tune just us shouting things because we don't like the police we're mad at the you know we're mad at the man let's oh, not the band the police not the band the police <laughs> they were mad at them too but more, and they were also mad at the man manfred man manfred man <laughs> so mad at manfred man i still can't understand what those words mean in that song blinded by the light wrapped up like a douche in the you know the roller in the night yeah that's exactly what it is, is, it, oh, is yep. That, yep. okay i thought that's i thought i was making it making trying to make them worse yep. uh so anyway then then so the dills they they transmorphed themselves they transmogrified themselves <laughs> They transmitted themselves. I don't think that's a They transformed themselves. They transformed themselves. for themselves the last night. <laughs> four or five? Might have been the five. fifth film, The Last Night. Ugh. Anyway, they turned themselves into a band, still with like, with still with kind of like a like a, a name that kind of like the People's Band, rank and file, you know, reference to like sure. you know, unions and whatnot. And then they, but they started a thing called cowpunk. So they played the sort of still kind oh, of like punky right. songs, but with a kind of a Western element to yeah, them. a little twang, a little twang, a little twang in their in their sayings. I don't think this exists. Why don't you prove it to me? Yes, I'm gonna play it for it. Play it for you to prove it right fucking now. <laughs>
good stuff. Okay. On on uh, doing something that I very rarely do, which is listen to the lyrics closely. Uh, it might be more about people who are people smugglers. Oh. Coyotes. Oh. Bringing uh, Mexicans across the border. Okay. Well, it is about the the the. Uh, the dog. Well, like, when someone requests songs about mules, we should remember that. We should remember that one too. Okay. Mule Skinner Blues by the Fenderman and oh. and uh, Coyote. Those are Very two nice. Good songs there. Yeah. Yeah. Mule Skinner Blues. I love that song by the Fenderman. It was on Goofy Greats. So okay. That's why I always remember that song. Sure. So good. That's your nostalgia. So crazy. That not nostalgia, sir. Oh, what is it then? It's you know what? Because nostalgia is something that. No, it's just it's just still good. It's just good. It's not nostalgia. It's not nostalgia if it's good. But it doesn't give you an old timey feeling. Well, it doesn't put you back to where you were listening to it. No, sitting not on really. your bed as a young man. Not really. Oh, very good then. I just like the music. I stand corrected. <laughs> there's very. I don't think there's anything that I would like that I thought was bad, but still liked it because I remember it from my from my youth. All right. It has to be good. It can't be bad. It has to be good. Dave, pro good, <laughs> anti bad, anti bad. Strong feelings. As Moving usual. on to second dog song. Second dog song. This is, this is number two. That was that was rough. This is a song uh, by a singer. Um, you know what? I don't know much about her. She's uh, I know that she's a, a singer, a songstress, but also an actress or oh. actor, if you prefer. She's a songter and an actor. All right, and a uh, real Rick Springfield. A real, a real, a real Rick Springfield. <laughs> if Rick, Rick Springfield was a woman, uh, yeah, and she's uh, she's done a couple. This album that would be Chick Springfield. Chick Springfield. <laughs> I just fell in love with it. I heard a song from this album. I fell in love with it. It's produced by Jeff Emmerich, who yeah. was the engineer for the Beatles during the Beatles' heyday, like during Sgt. Pepper and Revolver and whatnot. And uh, he um, he produced this album. Of course, it sounds great. but uh, And it's really a fun album. It's a lot of a kind of – she does uh, – it's basically this fun. She does like kind of a sort of semi-rap in her songs, like kind of a talking sort of thing, and then plays the piano. Very talented. Okay. And this is – And this is – so this is Nellie McKay. All right. You know Nellie McKay, right? Name sounds familiar. Okay. And this is a song. What would I know her acting wise from? You know what? I don't know. Very I just, good. I don't know much about her. I'm Asked sorry. Asked and not answered. I know. I, I know how she looks. And I know how she sings. Okay. And I like what she sings. Very That's good. what I know about her. So this is uh, you're pro good. This is the dog song. All right, dog song. It sounds right. It sounds right in the subject area, right? Unlike the last one. Almost a little too on the nose. <laughs> a little too on the nose. I'm sorry, everyone. Here it goes. The dog song. Walking my dog, singing my song, strolling along. It's just me and my dog, catching some sun. We can't go wrong. My love was lonely and blue. Yeah, I was sad as a sailor. I was an angry one too. Then there was you appeared when I was entangled with youth and fear and nerves jangle jangle vermouth and beer were getting me mangled up but then I looked in your eyes and I was no more a failure you looked so wacky and wise and I said Lord I'm happy cause I'm just a walking my dog singing my song strolling We can't go wrong I don't care about your hate and your doubt And I don't care what the politicians found If you need a companion, why just go out by the pound And find yourself a hound And make that dog get proud Cause that's what it's all about (laughs) 
My love was tragic and sad I was the archetypal loser I was a pageant con bad Then there was you on time And wagging your tail in the cutest mime And you was in jail I said woof be mine And you gave away the man I was no longer alone And I was no more a boozer We'll make the happiest home And I said, Lord, I'm happy Cause I'm just walking my dog Singing my song Strolling along With just me and my dog Catching some sun We can't go wrong Cause I don't care about your hate and your doubt And I don't care what the politicians spout If you need a companion Why just go out by the pound And find yourself a hound I'm on board. I like it. Yeah, it's just, I was just so, looking. I was looking her up, uh, seeing yeah. like what I know her as an actor. She's also a stand-up comedian. She was. She's a former stand-up comedian. And you're uh, never a former stand-up. She comedian. was it's like a, being a marine. It's you're like always you're a marine. Always a stand- you've gone through basic training, and yep. you've, you, you, you never lose that. And uh, she was in a movie. It was called P.S. I Love You that uh, starred Hilary Swank and okay. uh, Gerard Butler, and that appears to be it for her filmography. So oh, okay. Uh, but what's interesting about the album, which was called Get Away from Me. Uh, play on the Nora Jones album "Come Come Away with Me," was um, it was a double album for a first time release. Oh, okay. It uh, seems kind of interesting. Uh, not many people do a double Twofer. album for the. I can think off the top of my head, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Uh, Free Coat was a two a double album. That was a, their first album. But yeah, I can't think of too many other people that start off with. I'm gonna start with a big sprawling album with lots of songs on it. That'll be popular and that's a little more expensive too as well. But yeah, I really like her style that uh, kind of yeah, that me sort too. jazzy uh, playing, you know, kind of reminds and me of And she is uh, British as well. Mm-hmm. British American. British American. And okay. that does have a little bit of a British uh, whoop, to wit, it. Too. A little bit yeah. of wit and uh, yeah, so and it's a meat cute as well, as we can tell from ah. the, the entwining leashes and such things that uh, yeah, nice. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm glad I'm glad you're all for Thumbs it. Thumbs up. I'm glad you like that song. I I I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of hers. Um and if yes, you can look her up. Nellie McKay. Yep. Her songs are available in various formats. I looked up Nellie McKay. First thing that came up, dog song. Is that right? Yep. Maybe because it knew we were talking about it because your phone's oh, listening to us. Oh, phone. Phones do that. Okay. The next song on my list that I'm going to f- I'm gonna find. I have to go back into my lists. The next song is, uh, this is a song that I like quite a bit that I don't know if other people will like as much as I do. And Uh-oh. that's going to be a few songs on this list are going to oh, follow no. into this thing because, because... This song is uh, by a Texas group called the Baptist Generals, and they have a bit of a whine to the singing. And I, but I have to tell you, I love singers that have a little bit of a whine to their, like a little bit of a okay. that sound where they're just kind of like, I don't know, I just like sure. that sound where they, they, they. Um, it's almost annoying, but I like it. <laughs> and this song is called "Dog That Bit You." Got it. And I'm gonna play that song, and you're gonna like it, or you're gonna lump it. One okay. of the two. I've got my like bag. I've got my lump bag. Okay. I'm ready. I will I'll reach ready. into whatever one. Uh, You're all ready for it? Yep. Cool. All right. Well, let's play that one then. The dog. Oh, sorry. Just a dog that bit you. Well, I'm going to shut my eyes because this is how I listen to music. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So it's very bad for me to drive while I listen to the radio. 
<laughs> Sounds dangerous. exist <laughs> you didn't think much of it it's all right it's fine <laughs> i really like it uh, i Good. just like that sort of um i like over like over the top kind of over i don't know what it uh, you know the thing for me i guess maybe when you you like pop music and i like pop music a lot well, let's I, talk I, about pop music 
pop, pop, um, pop music. I think that I like. I do like pop music. I like that song a lot, by the way. <laughs> pop music. But what I like about it isn't. I, what I like about music like that isn't that isn't the normal thing. I like it when it kind of goes off a little bit. Like it goes its. It kind of follows its own path, sure, away from the beaten path. Unlike of pop music. a boring conversation, it's unlike a boring conversation, about, yeah, you're exactly. Like it goes I its want, own direction. I want to, f- and I, and and so there's and there's elements of music that I like. And I was trying to think a little while ago, like what do I what do I like in music? Like what do I listen mm. to? What makes me attracted to a song? And there are elements. What of makes things. the blue light go right into your mm-hmm, head? Exactly. So you know, there's things that like I like. I love a song that that starts off simply and then keeps adding elements and kind of until it so it starts off there and then over time the song it ends like sort of epically because it just keeps adding things to it i I like i love when when songs do that or i like or i like a song like this where it's kind of it's a sort of weird sounding and there's like elements of like with the guitar in this song there's the one guitar which is sort of this whining guitar sound Mm -hmm. and then there's you said they they sang in a whiny way it was like the guitar was yeah and the guitar is whiny as well and then but then there's this other guitar and it's just kind of playing like this almost spring noise where it's just going like (laughs) through the song and i just i just love those two sounds together where it's this one guitar that's sort of playing this whining whiny noise and there's other guitar that's doing this bouncing spring to it and then then this guy's impassioned vocals like he's so he's so whatever about whatever the song's about because i never know really what it's about it's hard to follow these lyrics yeah. half the time you know you just you just know in somewhere there's a dog that bit someone and then but he's just so impassioned about it that his voice is is like you know just way up high you know he's just singing this really like strangled way and i just like that sound i don't know why i just like you know it's a it's a great sound to me Cool. So that's that's why that's something I like about that song anyway. Um, now you know many many years ago. How many years ago were we talking? A like long, a caveman long days? time ago. Can you remember <laughs> what you were talking about? about? There was a record company based in Burbank <laughs> that didn't want to go and be sank, so they put out lost leaders. They put out these records you could pay a dollar, mm-hmm. and they sent you postpaid a two album set. Oh, wow. And what it was, was it was just a sampler of new music that was coming out in that quarter of, of the time That's the record fun. came out. And so this was Warner Brothers and Reprise Records did this. And and I have a couple of them. They became very collectible and kind of got expensive when I was younger. And so I could never quite bring myself to spend $15 for a two-record set, um, a used, rec- used records. Uh, but they always were so tempting because they had so many like interesting bands on them. And because... They may have like a couple of people that you knew, you know, Van Morrison or Jethro Tull or Fleetwood Mac, who were all at that time, you know, signed to, to Warner Brothers or I, I, maybe maybe Fleetwood Mac were forever signed to Warner Brothers, but I, I don't know for sure. I'd have to imagine in my mind their record covers and think, oh, that was a Warner <laughs> Brothers record cover. But the um, you think, man, those pants were tight. Please, anyway. Pleasingly so. And then this would have been early Fleetwood Mac, like sure. Man of the World Fleetwood Mac, say, like, because. And so they would put out a record. It would have it would be called the Big Ball. Let's see, I have the Big Ball at home. Yeah, you can see that. It's a two record pants, set. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you can see one of them. And and then, but inside, I had like liner notes, and it would be like a couple pages of liner notes. It have like yeah. an insert that you would have to turn the pages to read cool. about the various bands, and it would give you a description of them and talk about this band, and, and you'd hear stuff, and you'd be like, oh, I've never heard of this band before. This is really interesting. And they did this all the way up until the 80s. And in fact, um, Dr. Demento, for a long time, wrote the liner notes for a lot of these albums. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, later on, uh, John Mendelssohn, who was a, a Rolling Stone critic as well, famously hated Led Zeppelin, uh, gave their first Led Zeppelin album a total pan review and, 
in Rolling Stone, which Led Zeppelin still reference, you know, because mm-hmm. it was such a, it was so against the flow of, of a general praise. And he just, for whatever reason, couldn't stand them. Loved the Kinks. John Manson loved the Kinks, was one of the few people who said, you know, Village Green, Preservation Society, great album. He uh, collated the, um, the Kings Chronicles, a great uh, two record set that came out of. of uh, uh, this is great because it's like some B sides and singles and album tracks that he just loved. And it's a great collection anyway. But anyhow, so these lost leaders were um, just full of music. And sometimes you, you'd hear a, a song in there that you'd never, you're like, who is this band? I never heard of this band before. And there's one band that I just loved called the Fifth, I think it was called the Fifth Avenue Band. And they, and there's a song on, on one of the collections called Country Trime Rhymes. I think it's on Schlager's. I could be wrong. But it's, uh, it's just this great, almost conversational song with this, with this guitar bit in it that's kind of follows a conversation in this really interesting way. And when I heard it, I thought, that's Zell Yanoski playing the guitar in that song. And I never, I've never been sure if it was or not. Hmm. Cause I don't, I don't own the, I don't own the album. I just love the song that's on this, on this Lost Leader album that I have. And, and I always love that song, and it's just it's just a really beautiful song. It just it's once again I think they're called and I could be wrong the Fifth Avenue Band. The song is called Country Time Rhymes. That that's for certain, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's really great. They did one album, and then the band I guess they broke up because they weren't they didn't really hit it big or whatever. They did have one song featured on a Lost Leader, but they, the album didn't really catch on. I guess uh, with people they were produced by the reason I often wonder if it's Selyanovsky is they were produced by the the manager. Or they were discovered and produced by the manager of the Love and Spoonful that Zelyanovsky played for. He oh, was, okay. Zelyanovsky was a Canadian who went down to New York City and joined, kind of was part of the folk scene there. Joined the Love and Spoonful. He and and another player in Love and Spoonful got busted for for marijuana possession. Unfortunately, did not get any help from their management and were left to fend for themselves. They turned snitch and it kind of wrecked their their image in the band. And and, and Zelyanovsky was was left let go of from the band. Uh, and, but he did play on one of the albums. Um, the last album is with, I think, is The Hums of the Love and Spoonful. Anyway, it was one, and there's a picture, or maybe it's, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, there's a picture of, of the album, and you can see uh, Zelyanovsky looking, peering through a window, like behind the band. So he's just kind of sneaking into the image. So they're kind of acknowledging he's still on the album. We just can't say he's on the album because everything, what he did was so, like, yeah. you know, antithetical to the scene that it would be uncool to have him in the band. But he still played. He and stuff, and and then he moved back to Canada, and he he opened a a, a um, restaurant called Piggies, and had a restaurant for a long time oh, in Toronto okay. for many many years. And I think his daughter is an actress as well. Anywho, so um, so then one of the players uh, who was in um, was it? This is too long. Sorry, anyone. Uh, so uh, one of the players in the band, this guy named Peter Galloway, he he left the this band and he started a different band which i didn't realize was a band i thought it was just an alter ego that he took on as ohio knox oh, okay. k-n-o-x and i just thought because the, the image on the cover is just one person this kind of eccentric looking man striding forward and so i thought that's ohio, ohio knox and that's the guy who's singing the song and he is this you know alter ego yeah. of this one person i didn't realize it was a band so it was a band that once again i think they only did one album uh, but it has this song on it that I really like, um, and no one else is gonna like it. That's okay. Sure. That's okay, because you know I'm 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 uh, I'm big that way. Let me just look up because the name is kind of confusing, so I'm just gonna look it up. Um, sure. It's uh, called Pound or My Dog Dad for Robert Downey. <laughs> so we'll play that now. Okay. My dog dad. 
took flying after rabbit like a shot And he was gone To be left all alone Even doesn't an overrun It could have been a contender Could have been someone Oh, down, down, down All around in the pound So there you go. <laughs> That's good. There. Yeah, it's. In, uh, I think he has a really interesting delivery. So mm-hmm. I really like how he kind of, once again, this has a kind of a sort of a weird voice, I guess, for for music or whatever, for popular music, and obviously too weird for to become popular. You know, like so you put out these albums, which I think are very good, but but uh, you know, not everyone. Like every them dog has time. his day. Every dog has his day, exactly. But not every dog and, has his day every day. And so. I think what makes me up because it's a uh, mostly studio musicians on that on the album, so it confuses me that it's a it's a band, you know, because a band shouldn't just be studio musicians. A band is a band, it's yep. a group of people. Strong who opinions. Play together. Strong opinions on what studio musicians well, but, what a band but, is. But you know, like a band is a group of people yeah, who come together right. and play and have this organic thing. Yeah. Whereas if you just go into a studio and you hire people to come and play on your music, it's not really organic because you are what it comes down to. You are the final say. You are the the top dog and you ah, and you yeah i got it thematically uh, good. <laughs> thank you and you and you're the one who's making the decisions and it can't be democratic like a band should be i mean that's why bands break up of course because democracies don't work and they fall apart but you know at strong its, words about democracy at its well. best <laughs> at its best it you know it creates this you know this synergistic thing that that is bigger than its than its than its individual parts but I think that when you have like a group of session musicians, you don't have that yeah. same kind of synergy because there's one person who's saying, I want you to play this. And the guy says, what if I do this? No, I want you to play this. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a different, different uh, thing going on there. Anyhow, Very I think good. it's a good, I think it's a good song. All right. Well, any listeners we who have received um, 
tape, mixtapes for me in the past will be some of these songs will be saying, I have this song on a mixtape. <laughs> they're just playing songs from the mixtapes because I love these songs and that's why I'm choosing them for these. Yeah. And, and I also well, they're the I only person them. that has that song. So yeah, it, it, you shouldn't hold back on it because <laughs> one person has that song. No, no, I'm not. Okay, I'm, good. I'm not. So this is uh, now, hey, Dave. Yep. Is this the final song or are no, you no, no. Johnny Bonus song? I've done one, two, three, four. Three, four songs. And so it's the, it's no, no, the no, fifth no. song. Oh, is it the, f- okay, shoot. Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, this is good. This is good. So right. this song. No, because you're you're usually you, you have a sneaky bonus one that you right. stick. Well, in I'm not game. saying that I won't. I'm just saying that right now this is you the fifth the song. You put the bone in bonus. I put the. Which I put the dog for a dog. I put the dog bone in bonus. Sure. Dog bonus. That's where I was going with it. Dog bonus song. Okay, so this song is uh this song is is will be interesting to people who like the Beatles because not it a lot features, of people like the Beatles, Dave. Not a lot of people like the Beatles. Nope. Well, that's an interesting opinion. I'm gonna take it back to the center. Okay. And I'm just going to say once again, this is a song for people who like the Beatles. The one or two of you out there that appreciate uh-huh. the Beatles. Because this back song, to the bottom, go right to the top. This song features a famous Beatle. Oh, gosh, okay. Unlike the unknown Beatles. Exciting. Okay, here we go. Is everyone ready for this song? Here we go. <laughs> Spent their lives grooming the dog's illustrious hair. Present your joint self. That was a that was a bit of a super session. What beetle was that, Dave? What beetle was that? Well, 
what Beatle was that? Let me just tell you who's on this album for or the song first. This is a B side. Okay. Uh, it was actually a Paul Jones song. Who Paul Jones was a uh, uh, he was saying with Manfred Mann. It's mm-hmm. funny that we brought up Manfred Mann earlier and yeah. whatever you will. Coming around, look at how it's almost like it's scripted. Um, yeah, Paul Jones uh, sang with Manfred Mann uh, for a number of years, and then he left them and started a solo career, which wasn't quite as successful as his uh, time with Manfred Mann. Because what people don't understand when they're in a band is the band's name is what is what is what is what is successful. It's what is popular with people. That's what they identify the band's yeah. name. And so when you That's Paul right. Jones, right, Menudo. You know this. So when Paul Jones says, "You know what? I'm going to go off to a successful solo career," people are going to knock. People aren't going to say, "Oh, I love that singer Paul Jones from Man for Man for Man." I'm going to now listen to Paul Jones. No, they're going to go, "Oh, Man for now, Man for Man now has Mike Dabo singing for them." I'm going to continue to listen to Man for Man songs sung by Mike Dabo. And meanwhile, Paul Jones' career goes slowly downhill. However, he did do well, a fabulous movie, a fabulously interesting movie called Privilege which was the inspiration for this great Sloan video for She Says What She Means, which you can look up on YouTube if you want to see a fun video and a really great song. And he also uh, did a single, which the A-side was a, a Bee Gees song, some song about the sun. I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's some soppy song. You know how the Bee Gees like to write soppy songs. It's a soppy song. and so but soppy on the, song about the sun. Soppy song about the sun. That is certainly true. And then on the B-side was this song, which is called The Dog Presides. And so uh, it was produced by Peter Asher, who was the brother of Jane Asher. Are you making a connection yet? Yeah. To the Beatles? Someone was married to someone. Not married, but a girlfriend of. Oh, sorry about that. Girlfriend of Paul McCartney. Very good. So at the session... Uh, Paul McCartney was invited along, and he played drums on the oh. song. So he's playing the drums. Okay. The guitarist is no less uh, famous, I, well, no less well-known, I think, than Paul McCartney, which is Jeff Beck on guitar. Okay. And then his bandmate from the Yardbirds, uh, Paul Samuel Smith, is on bass. So it's kind of a super session of its mm. time with a lot of like hot players playing that song. I think it's a really, really great song and kind of fun and a little crazy and a good B-side because B-side should be fun and kind of crazy. So there you go. The dog presides. Hope everyone enjoyed that. I guess that was our fifth song. Are we done yet? No. Because I wanted to bring out one more song. I'm going to play you a song. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm just going to play you this song. Okay. You'll recognize You'll recognize it because this is a very, very popular band. Okay. You'll recognize this song. I bet I won't. But you might not recognize. You might, you'll recognize the band, but many of you will not recognize this song. Okay. Are you saying I will recognize? You will recognize the band. Oh, I doubt it. But you will not recognize the song. I'm very good at this. Okay. Okay. No, you can guess when we have to no, finish. I'm betting against myself. Are you betting against yourself? That's not a good attitude. This is our bonus song, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy my generosity for a change. Here we go. The first time we met, you were a kennel maid. You gave me a tip, I got me full cast pay. You were holding the greyhound in trap number one. Your white coat was shining in the afternoon sun Now we're both together We're never gonna break apart, no, no Cause we're a happy couple, you and me With a greyhound at either knee Tension is the way that could be a flash young man. What dog's that? But it is a piece of jokes, dog, isn't it? There was nothing in my life bigger than fear. There was nothing in my life bigger than fear. Except if you. 
track on Saturday nights We put all our money on a dog that we like A kiss and a card or an awfully high Two dollar tickets and a starry sky There was nothing in my life bigger than Please on yellow printer. <laughs> oh, I hope the wife didn't find out. Yes, it's short a wheel, isn't it? Yes, I know. It's a good dog. I saw it run at White City just last week. Broke the record. Yellow printer. Nice dog. Uh, I'm not right. getting it. Sorry. So that I was won a... the bet because I did not get it. That was... Well, now I owe you $400. That was... I shouldn't have bet so high. I don't know what. I'm so careless with my betting. Yeah. Uh, there, There is a... This was a single. A single only. It was not on an album. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even on a collection. Of it wasn't their, even uh, of, their, recorded. of their singles. It was that was all <laughs> just in our heads. <laughs> in our heads. I hope you heard what I heard. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know what was the impulse for putting out this as a single. Like it seems almost self-destructive to. But I think at the time there's like the the small phases at Ichiku Park, you know, and it's a bit of a kind of a Cockney knees up. And perhaps this band thought, well, we can do a Cockney knees up too. Only they're kind of a perverse band in a way, musically mm. speaking, and and so they they kind of did their own, went their own way, and did their own thing. But it, it's the Who, oh, it's the Who, and the song was called Dogs. Okay, and it was a big flop as a single at the time, so it's not on their meaty big, meaty beady big and bouncy their their singles collection, uh, which strangely enough, uh, um, <laughs> Pete Townsend. I didn't remember her name. I don't know why I would forget his name. Pete Townsend reviewed for Rolling Stone magazine at the time. He did a review of his own album. It's very good to read. And uh, but it's not on there. It's not collected on there. It wasn't and it wasn't collected on the uh, Odds and Sods, which was kind of a kind of a thrown together stuff of offcuts from Tommy and various singles and stuff that didn't quite fly. And and it wasn't on there either. So it was just hmm. it was this song that just kind of disappeared until it's on a box set. It was on a Who box set, Maximum R and B. And that it this doesn't. I don't know. It's weird. It was like I never heard it until I liked it though. Until I was I liked much all older. of them. Gosh darn it! So it was. It's a lot of fun. That's a that's the a bit of a goof. I thought I'd end with a goof. There you go, everyone. So I well, hope you enjoyed da-da. that stuff because Goofy was a dog, and I descended with a goof. Goofy was a dog. Goofy was a dog. That's see true. It all ties together. Lip, Originally, lip, lip, uh, Goofy was called what? Uh, his original name. His original name. It was an alliterative name. His original name was Dopey Dog. Dippy Dog. Nope, I think you're wrong. It was Dopey Dog, and then he became Giffy. Yeah, back when he was on the weed. He was always getting high. Then they changed very, it. Very yeah. dopey. Yeah. Until he, uh, he went and he just was taking tobacco, and then he was Dippy Dog, you know, just dipping the pouch, put between the cheek and gum. He just, just, he just used chaw, exactly. Yep. 
famously spinning it into a spittoon. Gorsh! Bating! <laughs> that was how he yeah, would like punctuate that, all of his actually. jokes. There was a lot of that in cartoons of that time period, actually. Yeah, spittoons were a good ching. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so if you want Dave to do one of these for you, uh, he won't. He says no. I'm just perverse that way. Just like but the, who the person the next dogs. to you. Oh, what, what? Yeah, he'll do one for I'll that. I'll do one for that person. It's just you. He's got have a personal them, problem. With. Have them send it to me. Right. Uh, just use them as a proxy. Dave, how will they send this? How will uh, they send it to you as well? You know what? You, here's the things you can do. There are so many ways you know to what? contact you us. You know how. What? How. What? You know which? Which? When? When is it up to you? What you do with this information is entirely up to you as well. So uh, we have a website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. Makes sense. We have a message board there. You can comment on this this podcast, for instance. You can say, hey, Dave, I have a great idea for you. How about songs about wizards? And I would say, that is a puzzler. Because I do not like pinball prog rock wizards. as much as you do. Pinball wizards is a good uh, one. Thank you. Yeah. Theme song from the Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Anything from the Wiz. Okay. Yeah, there how must about, be how a about the band song? wizard, the Roy the Roy Wood song, the band wizard. Yeah, there was the uh, there was the the, the movie um, uh, called The Wizard that was like a video mm-hmm. game movie. That's right. There was with the kid from one Wizards, Year. the Ralph Bakshi film, right? Wizards is that? Oh, it's also that. Yeah, yeah. Ralph Bakshi was. Yeah, maybe there's songs from there. Anyway, let's not worry about that. We've already filled out the five. <laughs> we just did it. Just did it all. Uh, so here's the thing you can uh, yeah, i can write to the comment board you can give us send us an email even at sneaky d at sneaky that's that's our email address we're on facebook at sneaky dragon we are on twitter at sneaky underscore dragon we are contactable there obviously just at us we have a uh, tumblr page which is called sneaky dragon we have a patreon which is called sneaky dragon and we also are available on itunes and if you left a review of us there it would certainly s- solve our egos that's all I'm going to say. It would about solve that. our ego problem. A self. Oh, a salve. S A L V E. Sure. Self. Short for Salvador Dali. Short for, that's right. You would certainly surreal our egos, <laughs> and we appreciate that. Thank you very much. So, Ian. Yep. I think it's time that we said farewell. Arrivederci. And brought everything back to Don't. the essay question from the very beginning because you like things to wrap up as I, they started. That's true. Don't let the sun catch you crying. What's the essay question? The essay, no, it's like, oh, remember we said we were oh, going to wrap things up yeah. with the essay thing like we did? That, this is a disaster. We just couldn't do it. We couldn't do it this week. Wait, we brought things back to work. what it was. That made this a boring podcast. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Another one. Yes. All right, we'll try this again next week. Next time I'm hosting. Yeah. The 300-second show, or 330-second show is a charm. That's what they say. All right, everyone. So long. Damn it. Damn it.